The decom boom is back, baby. Yay! I am so excited. We have really missed you guys. Um, and I've missed doing this with you, Sarah. It's so much fun. And we yeah, we had our hiatus and now we're back and better than ever. And we're so excited to get back into recapping these films with you guys yes the summer of decoms we're so happy to be back and we're we're sorry about our hiatus too yeah we're sorry yeah (laughs) and we know that you guys live and die for us yeah what have you guys even been doing do you guys just buffer on mondays because what do you even have to do if you're not listening to us i don't know i've been keeping our listeners in my prayers because i truly don't know know how they've gotten through this i feel so bad for them i know but i don't feel bad for them now because we're back and i I think we're worth the wait because we are blessing you today with the film <gasps> Camp Rock. Ah, this is a major decom. It's probably in the top five most famous, would you say? I definitely think so. Maybe top seven. I think it's absolutely top five. I know. I think people know a lot of times the high school musical movies and Camp Rock, especially yeah. because of the Jonas Brothers of it all. Yes. I mean, obviously Demi as well. So yeah, I think this is one of the most famous ones out there. It is really famous. And I was telling Sarah before we started that I was a high school musical purist growing up. And I really was like, HSM is top tier. And when this movie came on the scene, I was kind of like, had my nose up to it. And my memory of Camp Rock was that it wasn't that good or that it was kind of like silly and stupid and more of a meme. But rewatching it's delightful and it's good and it's sweet and I liked it a lot more than I remembered I think it's the first decom where my memory of it is like worse than it was Mm. yeah well I think that makes sense because you know I think every kid goes through a phase of sort of like being too cool having an upturned nose for this sort of thing and yeah, I definitely think like just being that much older when Camp Rock came out versus High School Musical, it's probably kind of natural to be like, oh, that's cheesy. But yeah, weirdly, like because I so I was going into eighth grade when this movie mm-hmm. premiered and I have a very specific uh, memory of premiere night, which I'll talk about. And I like even though I was 13, I was like, this is good. Like I liked it, oh, especially because the Jonas Brothers were really like cool, legitimately yes. cool at the time. Yeah. So I think I felt like if they're not too cool for it, I'm fucking not. Like, right. I was into it. Um, and I, I actually, so I did watch Camp Rock in, I believe, 2020. So mm-hmm. I kind of knew the quality of it you did. going into this rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I had watched it in like a decade. But okay. I think when I was this age, I thought like, this is real. This is me. This is ex- exactly where I'm supposed to be now. At that age, I thought that was corny. And rewatching, no. I'm like, but this is real. And this is me. And this is exactly where I'm supposed to be now. The fact. It was like hitting. I was like, this song is stunning and gorgeous. Yeah. The music is beautiful. I liked it a lot. There's so much genuine wisdom contained in some of these, like, seemingly cheesy, yes. you know, straightforward songs. No, I mean, this is real. This is me, is what it's called. I that's like an I sing that song constantly like when I'm just it's, like doing dishes I'll just be like this is real it's this so is good me. 
it's a perfect song yeah i love it <laughs> it really is yeah so we are very excited to be discussing camp rock today and something i did want to bring up since it's been a while and this movie really got me thinking about this i'm gonna ask you a question and feel free to pull up the list of all decoms to answer this okay because you know, you know the title of our podcast obviously if you're here the decom boom and i really want to know what you think the decom boom is like the years Oh, like when decoms okay. were basically at their peak, because I know my answer. Okay, and I I think I know kind of relates too. to this movie. So I think the decom boom as the year two thousand six, because that's when we got Cowbells, one of my favorites. Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior, another one of my favorites. Read it and weep. The Cheetah Girls too. So I think of that yeah. as a year that like so many good decoms came out. And that year has also returned Halloween Town, which is not one of my faves. Mm-hmm. But that came out that year too. So there was like six decoms or five decoms that came out that year. And 2006 is also when High School Musical came out. The first I, one. I thought those two. You're right. January 2006. Yeah. So I'm just like that's and Hannah Montana came out that year. I just feel like that was yeah. when Disney Channel was at its peak for me. Yeah. No, but you think it's a little bit later? Well, so I full disclosure were approaching this differently because mine is a long span my my span is literally a decade long oh okay so yeah valid and so you see camp rock as the ending the end yes and and listen i'm gonna fully own that i'm definitely biased because this decade let's be honest it falls in line with when i was a child and when this media (laughs) was most compelling to me and when i was most steeped in it but i do think there's a quality drop off steeply after 2008. So basically what I went with is I think the decom boom began in 1998, Mm -hmm. which was one year after like decoms began. And that was the year Halloween Town and Brink came out. And then I think it ends in 2008, which is the year this came out and Minutemen came out. And basically just every year in between that, there's at least one iconic decom for each year in that span. And you can't say that of the years after 2008. Yeah, well, at all. in 2009, we got Dad Napped, not good. <sighs> Hatching Pete, which I've never seen, but doesn't look good. And we did she get Wizards it. of Waverly Place, the movie, which I do love. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that one is like as iconic as Cowbells yeah. or like Camp Rock. Um, I think also, I mean, we'll talk about this later on. But the thing that I think the quality change is just making the characters way less three-dimensional they have less flaws they're too perfect and i think like mitchy is our last truly problematic at times protagonist yeah. like she's like daniel panabaker and stuck yes. in the suburbs a lot of similarities yes she's like marnie in halloween town of like they're a little bit driven by selfishness but they are good people mm-hmm. i am curious like what our listeners think of the decom boom as because i'm sure someone that's 22 is like this old woman thinks like, you know the decom boom ended in 2008 but i do that's just I, my opinion but re-watching like i honestly other than eddie's million dollar cook-off i don't feel that i've had nostalgia bias that much because mm. even brink which i never seen yeah, i'm like that's true this is way better than starstruck yeah and i didn't way remember more heart brink to it. being that good like it yeah. wasn't my nostalgia bias that made me be like wait this is fabulous it's perfect yeah or like just like motocross and mm-hmm. smart house those movies just are better yeah. than the ones that are coming out post 2010 i agree so i thought that you know i would acknowledge that because i do think camp rock marks the end of an era i do too so yeah you guys know Camp Rock is a massive deal. Um, it is the film that launched Demi Lovato to superstardom. Like, hell yeah, Demi was not Demi before this. Like, no. 
And I, and we should say at the top of this episode, if you listen to our Princess Protection Program episode, we talked about it there, but Demi uses both she, her, and they, them mm-hmm. pronouns. So you might hear both throughout this episode. Just a heads up. Yep. Um, yeah, like, I mean, we all know that Demi did Barney and Friends with Selena, but this, this was what introduced them to the world and yes. launched her career. And it's... It's pretty special in that way. Um, Obviously, this film stars the Jonas Brothers. Obviously. And me and Sarah are both Joe Joe girls. girls. Nick girls, it's okay, but you're just so different from us. We could never understand you. I know. I know. I'm just like Joe girl through and through. Through and through. Because Nick was just too serious. Serious. And also, when I was younger, I did think he was dying because of type 1 diabetes. Oh, I know. <laughs> he really is such, like, I know. Like, that's such a thing of girls being like, I heard a little bit longer and thought he had, like, one year to live. Truly. But I did learn doing some research for this movie that he has, like, done a lot of um, advocacy for people with diabetes. Yes, and he King. even, like, testified before the Senate to, like, yes, be like, we need to, like, you know, fund research for people living with diabetes. Oh. And I was like, you go, Nick. You go, Nick. And yeah. obviously, we love them all. Yeah, yes. It's just that. do ultimately our loyalty is with joe right it's just like if we had to pick one to marry we're marrying joe yes Duh. move over sophie turner <laughs> i'm coming for you i'm coming for your man yeah um and i do have to point out that my man in real life did recently get to meet the jonas yes Brothers, and i was living vicariously through him because yeah he's a sound guy and he like mic'd them up during some interview they did and i did watch the interview and it was like one of those cool ones where like they show them a bunch of like pictures from their past like specifically like cheesy fashion looks and they did show them their looks from camp rock and they were making fun of you know their weirdly straightened hair yes and also kevin's um throughout this movie he wears these like riding boots and i guess they're gucci and like they were kevin's real boots that he was like i want to wear these wow yeah um but it was cute and they said in this interview that my man mic'd them for that because you know how nick and kevin have like no screen time in the first camp rock i guess like they said that they just played a lot of tennis together like in their downtime when joe was shooting scenes yeah they're barely in this yeah well because i learned i always assumed that the jonas brothers were cast as a unit because of their star power no joe earned the part on his oh. own and then they they literally were like after the fact like oh we should add something for your brothers oh so it was not in the original script to have oh. like the connect three other men around oh my god interesting yeah okay yeah that's nice of you joe charity work yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and i did want to talk a little bit about um at the top of the episode like kind of what was going on with the jonas brothers at this point because i was curious like i wanted to research like i knew demi was not a household name yet, but I was like, yes. the Joe Bros were. So they I was were. like, what well, point in their career were they at? So is, I- this, is this pre or post two things? Okay. Is it pre or post Taylor Swift? It's it's pre because it came out in 2008, but it was filmed in 07. Oh. So it was pre Joe dating Taylor. Okay, love. And yeah. then was it pre or post? It's during Purity Rings. During. <gasps> Joe is wearing the Purity Ring. Oh, and you know God. we're going to talk a little bit about the purity yeah, rings at the end of we got it. Yeah, so stay tuned if you're into that type of tea. Yes. <laughs> so basically where the Joe Bros were at at this point in their career. So Camp Rock premiered on June 20th, 2008. It got 8.9 million views on premiere night, making Woo! it the second most successful premiere night at that time. Second yes. to obviously High School and Musical And it's crazy too. there's such a big gap. 8.9 to 17 million for High School Musical. Literally, too. I think they thought it was going to rival the success of High School Musical. It didn't 
white, obviously. I mean, Nothing could. This didn't have a movie in theaters. Yeah, it wasn't as big as High School Musical, but I think it is kind of the second biggest. Yeah. But, I mean, but you're right. Cheetah it's like, Girls is up Yeah, there a it's bit. probably similar to Cheetah Girls, honestly, because you're right. It's not obviously as big as like Lizzie McGuire or Hannah Montana ever. Yeah. Like, yeah, it didn't get a blockbuster situation. Right. Um, but so, yes, this premiered the summer after HSM2. So this is 2008. In 2006, the Joe Bros toured with the Cheetah Girls and Ali and AJ. That's the year that they did. Um, they were like on Disney Mania with their Pirates Life for Me cover. Oh my God, I love Disney Mania. I know. And their debut album also came out that year, which had Year 3000 on it. So Stop, they the were best. big. They also did that same year um, the theme song for American Dragon, Jake Long, the Disney <gasps> Channel cartoon. Oh my God, yes. Yep. And then no, they were really so famous. They were. Um, and they also that year covered Poor Unfortunate Souls from The Little Mermaid. Remember that cover? Was like, Poor oh my God. Yeah. With the insane way Joe used to sing. And like, yeah. Joe on that microphone was insane back in the day. Joe's like writhing around dance yes. moves. Well, him and Demi, if they're going to do one thing, it's, it's knee acting. Yes. They love to, you know, be pointing their knees in. That's their favorite thing to do, especially in this movie. They're they love big, to double over like they just got punched in the Yeah, stomach. like the music is like taking the oxygen out of their lungs. They're like, I'm dying, but oh. I know. No, they love, love that. it so much. They just get so into it. I know. And they're like knee acting while looking at each other. And it's just like insane they really are the same in that way like i was like they both do that and it's so cute they to see them both do, that. do that and then so then in 2007 was when they released their album that had like hold on sos the best when you look me in the eyes uh that's just the way we roll is that love bug or is that after no love bug comes after love. so they already had like a really major album out when they did this film oh yeah yeah I remember when Year 3000 music video would always play on Disney in between like and commercials. Yes. And I just every time would be like, thank God this is on right now. <laughs> Stop everything. Thank Stop God, this is everything. <laughs> I have to watch. So cute. Yeah, no, I the Joe Bros mania was very, very real. Yeah, I feel like Joe was like, like I, Zach Efron and joe jonas were like the only heartthrobs that i ever like mm -hmm. got on board with like mm -hmm. i never had bieber fever no me neither i wasn't a huge one direction person like mm -hmm. so i feel like the jonas brothers and zach were the times that i was like oh okay i'm into them yeah i agree with that especially yeah joe jonas for me is really the one that i'm like yeah, you were less of a yeah, Zach I girl. Was, I was obsessed with him. Um, but no, I do remember feeling because like I didn't know like the deep cuts of their albums and girls yeah. at school would be like, don't even talk to me if you don't know that track. <laughs> Embarrassing I for know. you. He's not your husband. He's mine. And I was like, okay. No, they're so intense. Yeah. Like with One Direction, I'd be like, yeah, like I think Harry's cute. And then they'd be like, okay, so like what is his mom's favorite food? Yeah. And then I, because I didn't even. know that I couldn't be a fan. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> haven't you seen movies? Like Mitchie wins his heart by being a little like disinterested ladies. <laughs> I know. It's so true. Tess in this movie like knows everything about him and you exactly. see how that works out. If you're reading about them in J14, you'll it's never already get to over kiss them. For you. Yes. It's true. Other notable people in this film include, I mean, come on, Allison Stoner as Caitlin. Yeah. Um, I did not know until researching this film that Allison uses they them pronouns. Oh. Now. So Okay. Um so yeah, I mean you obvious Allison Stoner is truly an icon of our childhood. Like icon. Mike's super short show. Stop. Zach and Cody. Truly like a gender fluid icon. Yes. Max from Zach and Cody. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, also, of course, Cheaper by the Dozen movies. Um, Allison has been a background dancer for Eminem, <laughs> Outcast. I will never forgive this movie for casting a truly talented dancer in a movie about singing and dancing yeah. and not letting them utilize that talent whatsoever. So true. Why is Joe teaching the hip hop class? When you have someone that was a background dancer for Missy Elliott in your midst. Yeah. And there's like a lot of like, there's a couple guys in this movie that like break dance. Like, I don't know if break dancing is Allison's thing. I'm not sure. But like, give them like a, a little spotlight moment. I'm doing yes. something. Also, Maria Canals Barrera, who we already knew in 2008 because she was already Mrs. Russo on Wizards of Waverly Place. Icon. And she is so good in this movie. Yeah. And I also learned researching this movie that she was the voice of sunset boulevardas from the proud family like la cienega's mom no. who's like friends with mrs proud stop i didn't know that at all and i was like oh that's fun okay cool. oh my god fun yeah um Love. so she's very much in the disney channel world like you know from from very early days yeah um so nora do you have memories of watching the camp rock premiere in 2008 you know what's so weird is like kind of no mm-hmm. I just like kind of don't remember watching it for the first time. I have such specific premieres of other decoms, but I don't remember it. Like I definitely watch this movie all the time, but the first, I'm not sure. Yeah, I well, because I know for a fact that you didn't watch it with me. So yeah, maybe because maybe I didn't watch it. I so it was. Um, I watched this movie with my very good friends Lauren Rimmer and and Mackenzie, Aww. and it was like sort of like a um belated birthday sleepover for me because I did like my birthday party with like friends from my grade and so like Lauren and Mackenzie because they were my like older friends right we had a sleepover party and watched this premiere and I remember they both um walked because they lived in our neighborhood to our house with like a birthday sign for me and then before we watched the movie Mackenzie straightened my hair which I remember so well because like Mackenzie at that age was so good at straightening hair and I was so bad at it wait I kind of remember her straightening your hair maybe it wasn't the same day did it like multiple times for me because like every time I straightened my hair it'd be frizzy and like large and it would be so like smooth every time she straightened my hair I was like why am I so hot I'm gonna get so many boys attention with this new look um like whenever Mackenzie would straighten my hair, I'd be like, it's time for a new MySpace profile pic. <gasps> Love, yes. Photo shoot. Photo shoot. Um, yes, and I and I do think we all like liked it. Like I remember us all being like, that was good after the premiere. Yeah. Um, so this is the Disney Plus description of Camp Rock. Okay. When teen Mitchie finally gets a chance to attend the music camp of her dreams, she discovers that many of the campers have famous pedigrees. After an encounter with the arrogant singer of the popular group Connect Three, Mitchie may be well on her way to making her vocal pipe dream a reality. She'll just have to take her chance with confidence and never look back. I feel that this description doesn't accurately sum up the like point of the movie well maybe they didn't want to give away too much okay. about her yeah. secret yeah you're probably right okay do you want to guess the rotten tomatoes score yeah um i'll guess that it was received pretty well um like a 68 percent it got a 75 percent audience score or sorry se- yeah 75 percent audience score and a 50 percent tomato meter score too low too low it's time for us to dive in to a movie that taught us all about class, privilege, and had us all wondering, what the fuck kind of name is Mitchie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never heard it before or... What's it short for Mitchell? 
Maybe. <laughs> is she full on Mitchell? Is, it is she for, Mitch? Is it short for Michelle? And they were like, mm-hmm. she's too what real kind of to be name Michelle. Is Mitchie? I don't know, but it was so works, doesn't it? It does, but it's also like Mitchie. <laughs> I know, but I love it. You love I'm it? I'm surprised there aren't more girls named Mitchie like from this. Because girls born in 2008 are like 15 now. Where I are guess. the teen Mitchies? But your pet name from your boyfriend has to be Mitch. Hey, it's kind of cute. Is it? Well, I don't know. I kind of like when like a boy name is a girl name. But Mitchell? <laughs> it's not Joe. It's not um, yeah. Tyler. It's yeah. Mitch. But isn't Mitchie kind of cute? It's pushing it. It's, for me, it's pushing it. But some may disagree. But this really is a movie about class and financial insecurity. Yes. And being who you are and saying, this is real. This This is me. me. (laughs) So without further ado, let's go back to 2008. There's an economic crisis and Mitchie is feeling it. There's an economic crisis and we're seeing this gorgeous, expensive summer camp that you can't go to because your dad lost his job. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's in. Yeah, strap in. So Camp Rock does begin in Mitchie's bedroom. She's just a normal teen girl and I love the way she wakes up. (laughs) It's everything to me so like her alarm goes off or i don't know but she absolutely like throws her covers down yes. and like smiles ear to ear knowingly like this is how school. mitchy gets ready for school Woo! yes yes Woo-hoo! that's how this girl prepares for a school day yeah. she's like Woo-hoo-hoo. that's she's how she like gets ready trying out like quirky hairdos in the mirror and she like yeah. tries on all these different looks <laughs> who gets ready like this but it's i mean i love her zest for life i know i want to wake up like that i want to just like throw down my sheets and like smile and it's so funny because she tries on like four different looks and then like they're all like zany and then she settles on like the most boring outfit of all time and she's like yes but mitchie really i feel more than like potentially any other disney channel character at least in in this movie had a really um clear aesthetic Mm -hmm. for herself yes all her looks, I'm like, yeah, Mitchie would wear that. Yes. You know what I mean? She and totally I really did. appreciated that. I was like, I get her vibe based on how she dresses versus just like they threw anything at the wall and, you know, we're just like, whatever, we'll try this, which they do yeah. with other people in this film. But Mitchie, I was like, this works. You know, She kind of like similar to Danielle in Stuck in the Suburbs is a character that is really struggling with identity, mm-hmm. yet you so get the sense that like they know who they are and that's like a really interesting thing to see and is so real at this age yeah and and i was just talking about this i think there's a really big difference between like true insecurity Mm -hmm. which like we're gonna see in tests Mm -hmm. and then just normal teen girl self-consciousness where you're like yeah i want to be someone else like i'm 14 you know what i mean and that's why like i think there's this really interesting dynamic with mitchie and her mom in this movie where Mm -hmm. like when you're an adult woman you're like sweetie like why can't you see you're amazing and like saying that to a 14 year old it's just like they have to learn that for themselves yes saying it it's not gonna click no um and i do think that yeah mitchie is a really good example of that of like she is like confident and she does love herself but she's still 14 and like yeah she, you know, you're figuring it out. And we start off this movie with an iconic song. We also see in this uh, opening sequence that she has a songbook titled Mitchie's Songs. So we know she's a writer. Yes. She writes her own lyrics. 
So that's and then cool. we see her absolutely jamming out on the piano. She's like shaking her hair. Like everything this woman does is just the absolute <laughs> most. Like yeah. she's playing piano like she's at a rave. I'm yeah. like, yes, girl, go off on those keys. I know. It's wild. Also like before school, making time to shred <laughs> on your keyboard. Like I know. Yes. This this keyboard moment is also famous. Um, there yes. is a TikTok where someone pointed out that the hand that like does a little glissando on the keyboard which first of all Demi could have definitely done this like it's not like yes actually technical what happens no. with hand. but the hand looks very um like it might belong to someone that's 50 plus yes it's insane <laughs> it's like, it's like this hand. wrinkled hand comes down yeah and it's also just like even in some world Demi couldn't do this extremely easy thing which I'm sure she could yeah just get a young person to yeah. do it like yeah. why purposely make these mistakes I know it's so funny so Mitchie goes downstairs and has a gorgeous breakfast with her mom who like we mentioned is the mom from Wizards of Waverly Place Maria mm-hmm. Canals Barrera um and you know Mitchie's having breakfast and she's like "Ooh, mom turn up the tv because like hot tunes is on which is sort of like an entertainment news uh thing in this in this world yeah but i think hot tunes as we'll see later is also maybe just like a music company a yes. giant like well-known music company yep. um and on hot tunes the news is covering a pop star named shane gray yes played by joe and joe is getting into some hijinks his label's pissed because he's a bad boy and Mitchie and her mom are watching this like what's wrong with that boy like he has everything why is he such an asshole Shane Gray is definitely having a similar thing to um like the Jordan character in Stuck in the Suburbs like he's like like just throwing hissy fits like this isn't my vision for my work and yeah unlike Britney and Stuck in the Suburbs who's like he's misunderstood Mitchie's like he's entitled basically she's like not feeling this vibe and now Mitchie's mom is like hey I see that you keep like leaving these camp rock brochures in not so subtle places for me to find you know just reminder kiddo like i would love to send you there i just like we can't afford it like i'm starting my new catering business that took a lot you know so just like we don't have the funds but this problem doesn't last very long because when mitchy gets home from school her mom surprises her with an iconic line that was in the trailer you're going to Camp Rock. And it's kind of like, wow, this mom figured this out in a day. Yes. Just at breakfast, she couldn't go. Exactly. And what we'll find out is that the mom, the way she, you know, got this to work is that because she's a caterer, mm-hmm. as we mentioned, she is going to be the camp cook all summer, which means Mitchie gets to go at a discounted rate. So I'm like, yeah, you'd think with a kind of bougie camp, there'd be like a vetting process. Like, let us taste your food. Like I she know. just called and was like, hey, camp starts like very soon. Can I just be the camp cook? That's a good point. Like, like huh? she must have a reputation. Maybe. But also her company is just starting. So yeah. how would she have a reputation quite yet? But yeah, somehow the mom got a job at Camp Rock within just one school day. Yeah. So now Mitchie is going to camp. Yeah. Which is so exciting. I'm so excited for her. And we see her arrive at Camp Rock. And she is just looking at the surroundings. She can't believe she's here. And we see Tess Tyler, the meanest girl at Camp Rock, get out of a limo. Yeah. And Mitchie is like, wow, 
these this camp has some rich bitches some bougie kids it was, the shot of the limo was really reminding me of um annie from the parent trap arriving at camp walden yes. you see the limo you can't take a limo to summer camp you just can't it puts a target on your back and not in a good way and no one cool has a limo a limo no. is like kind of cheesy like show up in a tesla if anything a limo is what little kids think is fancy like i remember yes. when i was little like whenever someone when i was like truly seven if someone's like dream car i'd be like a limo <laughs> <laughs> something i would always say as a kid like it's in like a lot of my like short stories it would be like and then i get in a limo that has a hot tub in the back like that was my fixation <laughs> that was like the height of luxury well because we had a poly pocket limo that yes. had a hot tub in see, the back this is where kids get their ideas yeah but so yes we do see tess tyler and i kind of love tess as a mean girl villain because i do think she's very like age appropriate like this is yes who like is cool in eighth grade like she's just like blonde flat hair like kind of baby faced like yeah like it's kind of like yeah this sort of tracks mm-hmm. um and then a british man comes to introduce himself to connie mitchie's mom um, this is the camp director and founding member of the Wet Crows, which is a band, Brown Cesario. Who do you think Brown is based on? I was trying to think. I don't know. He is just like know. classic, like generic rock star later in life. But I don't know like who he would be modeled on. When you you did a summer at Berkeley, was it like this? Well, <laughs> I did a very abridged Berkeley thing. It was like, honestly, it was less than a week. We were also like in a city. So it, it de- definitely didn't have a summer camp. You didn't have too. a lake. Yeah, but it was like, you know, everybody in the practice rooms like collabing. Like, it was so Aww. funny because kids that age, I was 17 when I went especially music kids like they take themselves so seriously i know like i remember i did like an open mic the first night and then like there were boys that were like i'd love to like work with you and it's like you want to make a demo in the practice like it was so (laughs) funny they're like i'd love to like connect and work with you like it's not that serious oh my god that's so funny but it was honestly really cute and very fun um no i always say like Oh, I hate musicians like I I could never be with a musician yeah. and then like I feel like I've been on dates with mostly musicians okay. but no I couldn't be the musician too insufferable sorry to you and Drummond that's not true I have a lot of musician <laughs> friends that aren't insuff so yeah so meanwhile Mitchie is going to check out the grounds and she does bump into Tess Tyler this fancy limo mean girl Mitchie's like oh my god I'm sorry I didn't see you there and she's like yeah obviously Yes, she's so rude right away. She's queen bee of the camp. And we find out from Caitlin, played by Allison Stoner, that Tess Tyler's mom is TJ Tyler, who's like a multi. They said she's won a trillion Grammys. Yeah. So she's a big deal at this camp. And Tess is famous at this camp because of her mom. And also, like, there is like kind of a little bit of shade here. Like, Mitchie asked Caitlin about Tess, like, oh, is she really good? And she's like, She's good at trying to be good. And this is also when we see like Caitlin be like, I'm going to be a huge producer one day. And then she just like hits this key on her computer and like a weird sound comes out. It's truly like two seconds of like a generic electronic drum beat. And she goes, check me out. It's like, <laughs> it's like Caitlin. It's I'm not, not good. No. I'm not impressed, Caitlin. And it's just so frustrating because Allison Stoner is could dance. Yeah. Their talent could be dancing. But also I'm like, there were a lot of musicians involved with this film. Like, make like know. ten seconds of a cool little track for her. That I know, has, like, you know, like that is kind of interesting, or has like some weird synths or something yeah. to show, like, oh, she does make right cool beats. This was not it. I mean, the stuff we saw in the decom spin was cooler than this. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And now, so we see Dila Duke, and she says she's the musical director of Camp Rock, even though we barely see her in this movie. Yeah. 
Um, and she runs out. There's basically like this outdoor stage in front of the lake. It's a very stunning scene. Stunning. Um, and she like runs out and tells them that there's something. She plants the first seed that there's something called final jam. It's a big deal. And so she's like hyping them up for that. And she also reveals that there's going to be a celebrity instructor at camp this summer. <gasps> And then we cut to Shane and the other members of Connect 3, Nick and Kevin, in a limo. And they're basically dropping this bomb on Shane. You have to spend the summer as an instructor at Camp Rock because, like, the label is not really loving your image, Shane. You're the bad boy. They're not really into that. We need to revamp your image by making you spend some time with these teens. Right. Because he needs to appear more down to earth. Yes. Because he's been being super... You know, what even is trip. his bad boy behavior, though? Well, they, they say in the Hot Tunes thing that he like stormed off a music video set. I don't think it's anything like actually bad, like drugs or like partying. I think it's that he's like, known <laughs> for being, like an asshole. <laughs> On Disney Channel, they're like, yeah, he has a coke problem. Yeah, imagine they just like allude to it. They're like, he spends a lot of time in the bathroom, like something like that. That'd be so funny. That would be wild. Yeah, and and Joe is just so iconic in these early parts. Like he's not an actor, but like no. I really do honestly like unironically love like him being like i don't want to spend my summer at some camp and he's right i know and also joe look at me honey you look like kate goslin <laughs> you're giving john and kate plus eight vibes yeah. you look like you're gonna smoke a cig and yell at your six-year-old out of costco it's not a good look babes yeah his hair is k- kind of karen you're right it's very kate goslin and kevin's hair no kevin's style is tough in this movie and all his lines are tough I know. I, feel I wasn't loving the him. other Joe Bros vibes in this film. No, because they tried to have Kevin be like the comedic relief and it wasn't quite <laughs> no. working for me. His acting is <laughs> no. just not not a sleigh. I remember even as a kid being like, oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, so basically the scene is just his bandmates being like, dude, don't know what to tell you. You have to do this for like the image of our band. And just as they're like leaving, like about to drop him off, they tell him like by the way you also have to record a song with whoever wins final jam and he literally goes what <laughs> yeah he's pissed about this yeah. and it kind of is like they're forcing him yeah. like this is gonna cause drama later on like i know he has a good experience so he probably is grateful but his other teen bandmates are like forcing him to record a song with some nobody camper it just goes to show that when you're attached to a label, they kind of own you sometimes. Yeah, it's, like, it's no, true. You're cutting a song with this this nobody teen to, you know, reform your image and you just have to play along with it. We also find out that Brown, the camp director, is his uncle. So now we see Mitchie helping her mom in the kitchen make burgers because, yeah, Mitchie has to, like, assist her mom in the kitchen this summer. That's, like, part of the deal. Yep. Um, and her and her mom are talking how there's, like, an open mic tonight. It's, like, opening jam, and anyone who wants to perform can. And, you know, Connie's asking Mitchie, like, ooh, are you going to perform? And Mitchie's like, no, I'm way too scared, like, in front of all those people. And, like, <laughs> to be honest, if I was Connie, I know. I'd be like, why did I sacrifice I know. this if you're not going to get on freaking stage? I would be, like, squeezing those hamburger bones behind my back as <laughs> stress falls because i would be like i'm giving up my summer away from my husband i'm not kissing for days mitchy to help you go to this camp i'm working 
and you're not even gonna sing yeah I'd be the pissed. whole reason i did this then we see mitchie doing a little spying she's walking around the camp and she stumbles upon a cabin where she hears tess and her pawns peggy and ella practicing for final jam this is the first glimpse we get of a song that i, I truly sing this song either to you or drummond like it feels like, especially to Drummond, like weekly. Like I do the, <laughs> you think you're hot, but I'm sorry you're not exactly who you think Yes. No, this too song cool is amazing. Yeah. I'm too cool for my dress. <laughs> Real. only my head. Yes. <laughs> and now we see her. So she's like setting up the mess hall for dinner, like helping her mom. And it's empty so far. Mm-hmm. And she goes over to a piano and sits down so then we cut to shane and he's on the phone with connect three and he's like i showered in cold water i looked at a tree it's been three hours i need hair product i love that part love and he's so right that's me when i spend because like he does he straightens his hair every single day i know it'll get greasy yeah he probably needs like some anti-frizz too and this does summer heat i know when you're a pop star you can't look ugly even for a second or people will say the jig is up yeah yeah, so then he's doing this and he's being like, I want to go home. But then these group of girls see him and they're chasing him at top speed because they want a little slice of what he's giving. Yeah. And then he's running away from these girls and he like is hiding and he overhears Mitchie's song. And he's like, that's beautiful. Right. He's basically crouching underneath a window, listening but not seeing. And she is softly playing This Is Me at the piano and it is gorgeous this is real this is me i'm exactly where i'm supposed to be now. demi slayed this like the emotion i know this song really i had such a full circle moment with it yeah is i always really underestimated it and thought it was pretty cheesy and straightforward and no. listening again i was deeply moved by it yeah yeah i'm so so glad you're on board with this is me (laughs) i am so on board with this is me yeah and it really is one of those moments where shane is like who is that Mm -hmm. but when he tries to get up and like go see who the beautiful voice belongs to mitchy has already walked away she's so mystery yeah that is so mysterious to be a disembodied voice men go feral for that come on it's ariel yeah she's full on ariel exactly yeah They're like, I just want to hear a pretty song without having to get to know a full woman right. and all her flaws and right. quirks. Right. Mitchie goes back to the like adorably rustic room that she shares with her mom. It's starting to really hit her that a lot of these kids are really fancy. Like she doesn't have a limo. She doesn't have like these clothes that some of these kids have. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of panicking and she's going through her mom's uh, dresser. And I really did get this because I feel like Mitchie is probably wearing something that's like recognizably from Aeropostale. Yep. Whereas like a mom shirt can be really safe and mysterious. That is so true, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, it's so true that when you're wearing a shirt from Aeropostale, it's like you can spot it a mile, a mile away. away. And it's true that shirts from like a lesser known brand have some aura of mystery. Yeah. And it's like, right. It's like if you can't wear the brand all the kids want, you can at least be wearing something generic that they won't recognize because it's for an older person and just be like yeah i found like i thrifted it or like i don't know i know but you know what's so hard about this time what is i'm so jealous of teens now like when i I was at this age thrifting wasn't cool no it wasn't like so you either had to have a 70 dollar t-shirt from abercrombie or you had to freaking kill yourself basically yeah those are the options (laughs) 
so yeah Mitchie is like oh my god mom I need to borrow something of yours and this is when her mom is like saying like honey wear your own clothes be yourself like that's enough you cannot say that to a girl this age no it's just to them not enough it's in one ear and out the other and I love Mitchie's line where she says have you seen these kids they have a lot I know it just feels like I, I really like like I don't think there's anything on Disney Channel that I know about like this after this that's like so blatantly like they're rich i'm not yes. i have to be rich like it's just like it really is refreshing to see it because kids do think like this yeah and when we pretend they don't it's just like not real yes no um, it's true and so i yeah i remember like really appreciating that this movie just like goes there of like i wish i was rich <laughs> that's all kids wish <laughs> and i really do love this thing where it's like you get older and wiser and you just want to like shake your child and be like this doesn't matter yeah but like to a 13 14 year old they're like mom it does you're just like stupid well yeah because this is their whole world at this time yeah and i also think with mitchy there's this thing of like i think part of her feels like at her school like maybe it's not as like fancy like bougie at her school so maybe she hasn't ever felt like this less than in terms of like money right but i do think at her school there's a part of her that feels like i'm never gonna be cool anyways but here she's like what's cool here is music and like mm-hmm. i'm good at that so like maybe if i just like have the right clothes and like i'm right like rich then i will be like the coolest person because i'm talented too yes i that's think she so can true. like taste it but it's now she has this thing of like oh shit but like i'm not oh i'm not rich i don't have fancy clothes okay i gotta fix that so she does settle on like a button down out of her mom's drawer and she pairs it with a chunky belt because it's 2008 and then she heads to uh this first like event of camp i guess and caitlin introduces her to this tall girl named lola um lola scott and lola scott does kind of kick off camp with this performance in the mess hall iconic (laughs) it really is and everyone is blown away even though it's like fine the choreography is like so burned in my brain like this movie has so much really intense like um like hip bouncing that's like so bouncy yes it does it's like whoa yeah and Mitchie's blown away by Lola's talent she's like she's really good and then Caitlin's like well she should be her mom's on Broadway I know I literally laughed so hard when the way Caitlin said that because something about Caitlin I'm just like why is this teen like so serious just like delivering the facts because like we'd already seen her be like yeah her mom's TJ Tyler and she has tea on everyone at this camp exactly because it's the way she doesn't miss a beat like Mitchie's like she's so good because she should be her mom's on Broadway I'm like (laughs) Caitlin is spilling the tea on all the campers and if i was mitchy i wouldn't want her to know my secret because she's spilling all of these parents jobs to everyone that asks i know i find caitlin to be such a fascinating and funny character because it's like she's really on her moral high horse but she's also like kind of a dick sometimes yes like actually a lot of the time and she clearly is impressed by privilege and wealth but she's pretending not to be yeah so then caitlin's like yeah, like it's pretty impressive, but the kids around here don't care about that. It's all about the bling. And that's why Tess runs this place. I'm like the bling. And meanwhile, Tess never looks good. Like, like not the actress. Actress is very cute. The outfits. <laughs> I know. They don't look nice. They, it's all kind limited of like with London to. Tipton, how she's supposed to be like a gazillionaire and her outfits always looked like so tacky. Except for like season one London. She okay. served in okay. those early. But I know what you mean. It's Disney outfits. Yeah. And like they look bad. Yeah. But I guess just I'm guessing that Tess's mom is the most rich. Yeah. Because Broadway money, famously, not that great not that if you're great. not a star. Right. Um, but Grammy money? 
Honey. Honey. That's money. Especially yeah. you have a trillion Grammys. <laughs> yeah. Tess has a money. charm bracelet that her mom adds a charm to every time she wins a new Grammy. I know. It's like so, so dark. Like add it for your own bracelet. Like not for I your know. daughters. It's so She's weird. like, honey, aren't you proud of me? <laughs> Isn't your wrist getting heavy with my success? Yes. And then Tess like comes over to these girls and Caitlin says the iconic line, something wicked this way comes. It's very clear right away that like, Tess and Caitlin have beef like things are not cool between them and they hate each other really yep to me Caitlin and Lola Scott and like the like two boys they're always around like break dancing like they seem way more fun and cool yes than Tess who's always pouting and like these two really boring girls one of whom has like one brain cell I know uh, yeah. I know like I think if I was Mitchie though that group would honestly feel easier to penetrate mm. than like two really cool boys and Lola. But yeah. I, it's weird. You're right because like the boys like don't like Tess. Yeah. Like anytime someone stands up to Tess, they'll be like, yeah, nice. And I'm like, so if no one likes her, how is she the coolest girl here? That's the thing. Like th that is a part of the movie that's like confusing to me because like Tess doesn't actually have any friends. I know. And it's not in a way of like, oh, everyone's intimidated. It's like, it's not like a Regina George where like her circle is small, but everyone wants to get in. Yeah. It seems like everyone's kind of like, oh, she's a bitch. So it's I like, know. then what is her power really? And 1000% if there's something that I don't agree with in movies is like my experience with like cool girls, like if guys don't like them, they're irrelevant. And I know that's sad, but it's really <laughs> it's true. true. Like, it honestly is true. They either have to have a fabulous boyfriend or like men falling at their feet to like have true clout in high school at least. Isn't that so dark? It very, but am I wrong? You're not wrong. Except for I think there is this thing of, I think there are some girls that are just cool to other girls. Mm, that's true. That's and I true. think especially at this age, like I could yeah. see wanting to be friends with Tess yeah in like a way that's like about more than her popularity okay i get that too but i guess like it is hard for me to understand the appeal of test just just from the perspective of like she's not fun she's, she's kind of massy block like i know yeah, that I she is kind of massy block well i guess like we don't boys do like massy but she goes to an all-girl school but like yeah like massey's appeal is like not the thing that not draws women to girls like that yeah. men are not drawn to that right and that is something that like i love about the click books it like later kind of becomes one of massey's insecurities is like yeah oh, boys like alicia more than me but, yes like, i'm supposed to be the queen bee not alicia right I, think, I loved that dynamic yeah because i think that like girls like their power is yeah. like like I think the power Tess has over women, like it makes sense that she wouldn't have that over men. Yeah, I okay, I get what you're saying. Basically, uh, after like Tess is rude to Caitlyn in this part, Mitchie just like right away is like, "Hi, I'm Mitchie." Like stars in her eyes, like totally sucking She's, up. To I Tess. love your mom. <laughs> yeah, and but you should never say to someone. No, it's so not the move, and you can tell it like annoys Tess. She's like, "I'm sure you do." And so, yeah, she doesn't make a great first impression at first. Um, but then, like, she says her name is Mitchie Torres. And and Peggy, Tess's friend, is like, oh, Torres, like, is your dad this person? That's, like, a really famous, like, composer that my dad has worked with. And Mitchie's yes. like, oh, no. And they're like, oh, so what's your dad do? And she says, he runs a hardware store. And then you see their faces just fall. Like, this, this she's a speck of dust to them now. And then she notices that, too. And she panics. And then she's like, but my mom, she's... um." the president of hot tunes uh in china and this starts 
Mitchie's grand lie of the summer of telling everyone that her mom is the president of this major company and she's lying through her teeth. I love it. I, I love, love it, it so too. much. And especially with the loaded gun of the fact that her mom is very much at this camp and at it's a camp. ticking time bomb of yes. the secret is obviously coming out in a heinous way. Yes. And it really is like to me a great central problem it's so good the emotional stakes for me in this film are high it's literally a genius plot line and it's just like i love seeing this character who you like so much do this like Mm -hmm. pretty bad thing like lie in a bad way but you just know like you could see yourself doing that if you had the right kind of pressure and like you just get it. Um, but no, everyone's really impressed. And they, they start asking her, like, so have you, like, met people? And she's like, oh, I've met everyone. And they're like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And I know. immediately Tess and Peggy and Ella are, like, into her. And Tess is like, oh, like, there's an extra bunk in our cabin. Like, we're going to be great friends. Like, you can take the extra bunk. And Mitchie's oh. like, oh. So back at the cabin, Tess's cabin, um, we see more of her being super mean because Peggy is, like, strumming an acoustic guitar. And Tess is like, can you stop? Like, I need to, like hear my phone basically she needs to hear the sound of her famous mother screening her calls yes yeah actually doesn't answer her oh Um, so sad yeah and then she hangs up and she goes as usual i know dissociating queen and (laughs) that part made me laugh because i'm like they said subtlety who like as usual i know she's like my mom can't talk as usual and that's how we get that even though tess has this blessed lifestyle she suffers from the same thing the roy siblings suffer from of like money but no affection makes for not a good life and i really do think that tess is like a truly tragic figure like she is she was not giving to me like half-baked like oh mean girl with problems like there are parts when i'm like she needs like she's unwell like i mean she's a very different person than who i'm about to say but like she was giving like missing emotional link similar to like raquel levis yes just like it's not all there with like the human empathy and like Mm -hmm. you are really struggling because you are not hugged as a child and yes i really like do kind of feel for her even though she's so mean and her passion for music comes from a place of like it was given to her and she needs success. She didn't find this passion probably on her own. No. no, to me, it's really telling the part when it's coming up, when she sees Mitchie's songbook, the way she's like, you write songs. Like she's genuinely like shocked, which is so mm-hmm. weird to me at a music camp. And I think, yeah, she doesn't have like that creative pull at all. It's no. just like, oh, this will get me attention. That's why yes. I do it. And I love when they're in the cabin and Peggy like sees her songbook and she says, is that your diary? I'm like, low key rude. I'm like, if she said yes, we're gonna be like, can I read it? I know. And then she's like, no, it's my songbook. I know, and they're all immediately like, do like sing us a song that you wrote. Poor Mitchie has to sing acapella so much in the first half of this I film. I know. It's like so rough. They're like, oh, that was so good. And then Tess is like, totally and it's like, like really sinister it was totally good and now we see mitchy waking up super early in this cabin because mm-hmm. she has to sneak off to help her mom in the kitchen and she obviously doesn't want these girls to like see her doing that so she has become very sneaky in that way and now we see brown arrives to teach a class and we're in like a like rehearsal studio and it's you know it's mitchy it's tess it's like all the crew is in this class sitting Uh, with like music stands in front of them but when brown enters the room everyone is like clapping like one kid's like playing the bongos and like i was laughing so much at the scene because it just reminded me of like 
this is what like parents think like kids do at music camp like they're like do you all just like jam (laughs) together and you're like yeah really like i feel like a mom would always be like at purchase do people just like like, no not really and this was just like i feel like what every parent thinks like music kids do yeah yeah yeah. so brown walks in and he literally says if the classes are rocking i'm a glad i came knocking yeah and then he does this thing where he basically is like, who wants to show me what they got? And a bunch of people raise their hands, but Brown picks on our girl, Mitchie, whose hand was not raised. And he's like, I want to hear from you. And she's like, uh, me? No, uh, uh, uh. And then she gets up to sing and she sings, who will I be? But she starts out so quiet. She's like, who will I be? And he's like, um, I can't hear you. Sing louder. Yeah. <laughs> and she does. And then she does kill it. Yeah. And everyone's like, damn, this girl has pipes. And Tess is like, I'm enraged. Yeah, she's pissed. She's pissed. Yeah, but everyone is like extremely impressed and like, whoa, Mitchie is so talented. It very much is giving the scene in Raise Your Voice, but if Hillary Duff actually slayed. Yes. Like, being like, la la la. <laughs> yeah. yeah then uh we see mitchy like walking like back through the woods with tess and and the crew with uh peggy and ella and you know peggy and ella are very much like gassing mitchy up like oh my god you're so good like we didn't know you were like so talented mm-hmm. and tess like doesn't miss a beat and it's pretty diabolical she's like yeah like i've been thinking like you have to join our group like for final jam and like sing with us I know it's such a devious plan that she thinks of right away to squash Mitchie's talent. And Mitchie's like, oh, like, thank you. But I I think I'm going to sing alone for Final Jam. And Tess is like, for your first year, like, that's really brave. And basically just like scares Mitchie out of performing for herself. And then Mitchie's like, okay, like, I guess I, I could join a group. So then we see Mitchie go to her job in the kitchen and she's like bending down to get something and Shane walks in ranting and raving about like my allergies. I could barely touch my breakfast this morning. And she's like, oh, shoot. So to disguise herself, she just like pours flour on her face yeah, as one does when you don't want to be recognized. And Shane's like, like the Pillsbury Doughboy because she's also wearing a huge like chef's hat. Or <laughs> Her look is insane. If I was Shane, I'd be like, clearly you're going through something. I'm going to come back later. He just says like, wow, you really get into your work. Yeah. He's just like, huh, interesting. Moving on about me now. And then Shane like yells at her about like, can I speak to who's in charge of my breakfast? I could barely touch it this morning because of my allergies. And Mitchie really gives it to this man. She's like, I'm a person. You need to talk to me like a person. And he's like, okay. Yeah, but she kind of, like, does get through to him. Like, he goes from being, like, so aggressive and rude to, like, um, okay, I guess I'll have my manager send over my allergies again. And she's like, fine, yeah. This is what's so cool about Mitchie. It's like, she has this moral center where she knows that no human's better than anyone else. Yep. But she still falls prey to that idea. And it's cool because I think that's so real. That's everyone, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then we see Shane teach a hip-hop class. And it's truly, to me, this is kind of one of the worst parts of the film. Of just, like, one, the dancing is wild. It's so bad. 
two, so, like Shane does no teaching. All he no. says like across the floor. But all the kids know the dance that he's teaching, but he never gives them any instructions of any kind. And the whole thing is dancing with mics and doing like the most bizarre moves I've ever seen. Yeah. The music is not hip hop. It's like R&B at best. It's what's playing is the song Start, Start, Start the Party. Which I wouldn't call hip hop. The class is just bizarre. And it's so, I the dancing's it, so weird. Yeah, the dancing's really weird. It is realistic though, I guess, if it's like a class of like not beginners but like people that are good at dancing because like people but will just like learn the combo and start doing it but like i think this is supposed to be like hip-hop 101 or something it's it's terrible also so the song start the party is performed by a guy named jordan francis who was like in this movie you know that like the two boys that are like uh sander yeah. and baron that are just like always like around like dancing uh it's the guy who plays i think baron is like singing the song and now we see Tess and Mitchie in the mess hall and they get like a drink from like a trumpet shaped like tap. Obsessed. Was, like, so fun. I was obsessed with that when I was little and it really made me want to go to that camp. And Tess, this is the beginning of, uh, we see her just being like, Mitchie, where were you this morning? And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of giving desperate Tess. Like maybe she's cool and gets up and like does yoga or like goes for a run. Like, why are you stalking her? 14. She's doing yoga in the morning. <laughs> There's all sorts of like cool kids at camp that are like doing yeah. adult shit. Like yeah, that, it's true. Know? It's true. This scene is pretty hard to stomach. Yep. Because what happens is Connie um, walks up to Mitchie and her new friends, Tess, Peggy, and Ella at the table and is like, hi, girls. I really want to meet Mitchie's new friends. Yeah. Peggy and Ella are like polite but clearly confused. And noticing, yeah. Whereas Tess doesn't even like look at her mom. I know. And yeah. so Mitchie's mom is clearly like, okay, you girls are really busy. I'm going to go. And then Tess is like, I'm sorry, do you know her? Yeah. And then Mitchie lies even deeper now because now she's also lying about her mom. And she's like, oh, like you don't know her? Like she's cooked for everyone from Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey pre-breakup <laughs> to Pharrell. Like what an iconic reference. And this is the part when I'm like, okay, Mitchie is a talented liar i know because like i would have panicked and been like okay jigs up that's my mom i'm so sorry i'm a, I'm a cook's <laughs> daughter like she really like wow she commits to this lie yeah and then we do see that shane is um playing mitchy's song that he heard her singing on guitar like he's basically obsessed with the song he can't get it out of his head and he's like i really want to find this girl who wrote this song yep and now like so mitchy does have this scene with her mom where her mom is like hey this test girl i don't know she doesn't really seem like your type of person i know no, and it's such the thing of like your parent can see like the truth of someone but you can't yeah you're too close up against it and she's like her mom's like you've always been so and mitchie's like invisible and her mom's like i was going to say independent i know but she's it, becoming tess's like one of her minion. groupies yeah. yeah her minion it is sad though because i do think there's something very real at this age of like you obviously have to remind your kids like of the classic stuff of like you know you're great peer pressure is wrong whatever yeah. but like i also think that just like every I, don't, I shouldn't say every girl but i feel like most girls have like this vapid phase where mm -hmm. they really want to be liked and popular yeah and it, i think it almost like makes it worse when parents do the thing of like who are you becoming i know because they're you. i know it's just, i agree like, it makes them feel even more alienated from themselves and i'm yep. kind of really grateful that i feel like if i was like being dramatic like i need to be popular mom would just kind of be like 
okay like let me have yeah. that moment like knowing that i'm gonna grow out of it not because, like who are you yeah. i don't even recognize you because yeah it makes people it go through all kinds of stages and like yeah definitely like no one is their best self when they're 14 no. and like they'll grow out of it so now it is time for the opening campfire jam which is on that outdoor stage we talked about and there's like a gorgeous giant bonfire in the background it's time for tess and mitchy and peggy and ella to perform together for the first time these shades don't leave my head don't take it personal. Don't get emotional. You know what's the truth. I'm too cool I'm for you. I'm too cool for you. Um, And it's like sad because Mitchie, Peggy, and Ella are like not even like in front with the dancers. They're like way in the back just like singing like, ooh. Yeah. And Mitchie is like realizing like I came here. My mom sacrificed so much so I could like sing back up to this girl. Yeah. And it's tough. And then when they leave the stage... Caitlin says to Mitchie, she's like, did you enjoy singing backup? And it's like scathing. I'm like, backup singing is a legitimate career, Caitlin. I know, but she sees herself in Mitchie. Yeah. I also want to talk a little bit about like Tess's stage presence because I I think like, I think it's really great. Like I think it really fits the character of like, clearly she's not like passionate like there's no hunger it's just like it's cold marking kind of but like wanting to look like cool but like yeah not actually like yeah it it was really giving like high school production when you're like this person it always freaks out if they don't get the lead but like they look like they don't even want to be up there right right um that was really her energy and i think it like fits the character now we get a scene where shane is playing guitar by the lake and mitchy overhears and like goes up to talk to him and he's like can a guy get some peace like so intense right away like yeah. he is just like waiting for an opportunity to blow at all times yeah and then mitchy's like sorry 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 she like apologizes 10 times and he's like you've already said that it's like he's so <laughs> mad at her right away um and, but and then like they haven't even like actually met yet because he didn't know she was covered in flour like no like, he's treating a stranger this so way. he's just saying to a stranger can a guy get some peace which is so intense and then they do start like talking and she's like was that you playing before and he's like yeah like you're probably surprised because i usually play like cookie cutter pop star shit and she's like oh like no like (laughs) he's like projecting so so much much on her and she's like no i just it sounds different like but i thought you loved your sound like you developed here with connect three at this camp he's like I only play the stuff that the label thinks will sell. He's kind of like Lily Rose Depp in The Idol. Yeah. And he's like, I want to like play my own stuff. And she's like, oh, well, I know of one girl that would love to buy that song. Yeah. And he's like, wow. I'm glad it's not just a classic thing of like her hating him. Oh my God. It's, That'd be it's so night and day to uh, Starstruck. Yeah. Of like there's different levels to it. And ultimately she does really like respect him and understand yeah. that it's hard to be famous so young. But she's also like sometimes you're unnecessarily an asshole and like yeah. you shouldn't be. Right. She has her moments where she's like you can't be that mean. But she's also like kind. Yes. And like wants to give people the benefit of the doubt. Also I will say so I, I watched this video. I think it was from like maybe 2016 or so. Demi did this YouTube video where uh, they watched like a lot of like old clips of like their work and like during this scene she was like 
that's the moment I fell in love with Joe in real life. This lake scene. Oh, isn't that so cute? I get it. Oh, this is the moment. That's so cute. I know. Because yes, we'll talk about it a little more at the end, but they did date for a little while after Camp Rock 2. Yep. So now we get a pretty intense confrontation in the mess hall between Tess and Caitlin. Basically, Mm -hmm. uh, Tess like trips over Caitlin's foot, but it's an accident. But then Caitlin's like, oh, sorry, not sorry when she sees it's Tess. Yes. And Tess throws some spaghetti off her plate onto Caitlin's top. It's so wild. And then Caitlin's like, it's on. And then they have like a mini super condensed food fight between just the two of them. And it's like, okay, girls, use your words. Seriously. But then Brown comes in with Caitlin fistfuls of spaghetti. She's caught red-handed. And he's like, what's going on? Like, my office now. And he says, I hate when I have to be uncool. I hate when I have to be uncool. He's like, if you're an adult, like, sometimes you have to be uncool. Yeah. And it's just like. You can't always be besties with the kids. I know. Brown's kind of like he's hot to me but his vibes are kind of bad he's kind of not hot to me you don't think he's hot no not and it's not even the looks it's the his vibe it's his vibe annoys me because i think he thinks he's like something that i don't think he is (laughs) no fair no he is an annoying personality i just like his accent and his his looks i thought was hot okay no that's valid that's valid so basically yeah brown takes these girls to a separate room and he's like trying to get the story and you know tess and caitlin are talking over each other and Finally, he's like, who threw the first spaghetti? Which, it's crazy because it's definitely Tess, but she didn't, like, throw the first thing. She, like, dropped it. Yeah. But so Tess is like, oh, Caitlin did. But it's crazy because Caitlin's like, okay, that's technically true. And it's like, why wouldn't you just be like, no, Tess started it. Yeah, because, like... She did. Yes. And then Brown is like, Caitlin, okay, since you threw the food, your punishment is to be on kitchen duty. And obviously, Mitchie is like, what? Because... Mitchie is like working in the kitchen and Caitlin's gonna see this and now Shane finds Mitchie by the lake and he says I want to run something by you which is the funniest sentence in the English language I love it it's so cute and he plays the most beautiful song gotta find you I need to find you I gotta find you gotta find you is one of the most beautiful love songs of all time. Literally. It's up there with Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You. It's it's literally a stunning song. You're the voice I hear inside my head. The reason that I'm singing, I need to find you. I gotta find you. Ah! And it's sweet because he's I'm melting. talking about the girl with the voice, but aka the girl Mitchie. in front of him. Also, I just have to say that Joe Jonas, your facial expressions when you sing are insane and my favorite thing ever. And I, I love you. know. He is such with the facial expressions. I, know. I love it. I know, and I wrote, I want this song to be about me so bad. Yeah, amen. Also, like, there are harmonies here. This is, like, a theme with Camp Rock. Like, there's, like, full vocal arrangements, even though it's, like, supposed to be someone, like, singing casually. Yeah, yeah. And, And, like, I'm not, like, necessarily mad at it, but I think this would be a moment where it would have been nice if it was just, like, Joe singing live. He can sing so well. Like, just let him sing it. They won't, though, because they have to make everything a production. I'm like, just, yeah, like, let's just hear an acoustic version. Like, we're hearing Demi acapella in these other moments. Like, let us hear Joe. I know, I feel that way, too. And then after he sings... She says, why are you looking at me like that? And he's like, you seem different. Good different. And Sarah, I would frame you for murder to have a moment like this with present day Joe Jonas. If someone came up to me and said, you can have this moment with present day Joe Jonas, but you can't speak to your two closest friends ever again. I would say, what are their names? (laughs) 
So I don't recall their names. I don't even sure. remember them. Sure. Yeah. And right. I wouldn't regret it because even Joe if it out. didn't work out between me and Joe, I would have a memory with Joe. Also, there is an intense part in the scene where Mitchie says to him, that song was really good and I don't lie. I'm I like, know. Why would you say this, girly? Because I think that she is dissociating. Like, yeah. she's like, me normally outside of this camp i would not tell someone your song is so good if it wasn't yeah and so like what she's doing is so out of character that i, I think she's a little bit in denial i, I think, think she's so like too. just and she's or even she's mode. believing her own lies a little bit like i just think she's like i can't even think about what i'm doing because it's so not in tandem with who i am as a person yes and then um she's got to go back to kitchen duty and when she gets to the kitchen she's like on cloud nine because she was just flirting with shane gray so she's like her mom's like whoa what has gone into imagine you? how you would feel after flirting with shane gray but it doesn't last long because caitlin walks in for her shift on kitchen duty um and so mitchie <laughs> yeah. holds a huge bag of tortilla chips in front of her face to hide real and then she like is walking trying to run, <laughs> trying to just sprint out of the kitchen <laughs> she tries to run full speed out of the kitchen and she trips in like over like a bucket of water so yeah it's like a bucket of like soapy mop water yes and then the chips fly in the air and she falls and now she's water all over herself and caitlin's like are you okay and then she's like mitchy and it's like a huge reveal it's and Mitchie's at her absolute lowest. Uh, like this is this would be humiliating even just with the fall. Yes, but no, it's truly such a low point. And Caitlin does deliver one of the biggest mic drop burns of all time. Oh, which is this is rich, but, but apparently, apparently you're, you're not. not. Epic, one of Ooh. the most iconic lines in all of cinema, not just decom no. world. I'm talking all of cinema yeah <laughs> it's so real i love how just like right for the jugular i know it's not even like so cutting about it i know it's so cutting and mitchy this is so real when you're 14 to go from your high highs to low lows of like mm. you're just flirting with a pop star and now you have mop water all over you and this is an amazing scene with mitchy and caitlin because mitchy doesn't just like roll over and be like you're right i'm horrible i'm so sorry like it really is kind of like an iconic um iconic confrontation between them where you know caitlin's really going in on her she's like she says i think your whole charade is stupid and immature and, and then allison is just like so cutting it's so cutting and it's so like i'm so much better than yeah. you because i would never do this but then mitchy kind of comes at her and she's like what about you like you hide too like this whole i don't care about anything attitude like if you don't care then why are you here which i want to talk about that line because it confused me as a kid do you think it means why are you here like why does tess rile you up so much if you don't give a shit like why would you throw spaghetti at her why like do you think that's what she means by that line why are you here or is it just like why are you at camp rock like i don't really get that line i know it doesn't i don't know like exactly what she's going for but i think it is at its core true that like caitlin yeah. does get really riled up by tess and yeah. like if she ultimately didn't care like she wouldn't yeah yeah i do think caitlin is putting on a charade as well of like she is impressed by these impressive people and that's why she takes note of everything their yeah. parents do yeah and it's also that thing of like why do you care so much what i do i don't really know you that well it's not yep. like we're friends for years like why do you take it so personally who i'm friends with or what i do yeah and it is true it's like caitlin 
feels some type of way about Tess, which like we'll later learn even more about. But like, yeah, I, I really like that Mitchie like calls her out on this. And like, but like Caitlin doesn't miss a beat. She's like, oh, I don't care. I just can't wait to give everyone the full story when I tell everyone. Like, it's just like they really like are yeah, a good match. They and are they're both like intense and smart. And I love it. And um, also when Mitchie's mom comes in and she's like, what happened? Okay. And then Allison Stoner, she got drowned in her lies. <laughs> And it's like, she's like about to cry. She's like, she got drowned in her lies. I know. And then Connie's like, what? And she's like, nothing. And then we cut to the lunch hall or wherever they eat lunch. And Tess is reading Tiger Beat, basically. Taking a quiz about like Shane's type. And she's like, I'm totally Shane's type. Which is so embarrassing that she's doing that. Yes. And then we find out that the pajama jam is coming up and that she tells the girls that they're all going to wear like green hoodies because, of course, green is Shane's favorite color. And then we do, in fact, see them at the pajama jam. I always thought that Allison Stoner's look in this scene was so iconic, like the leopard print pink. (laughs) Yeah. And she has the fingerless gloves. Yeah. I always was like that. That outfit is like a kind of a core memory. And then Tess strolls in and she is not wearing a green hoodie and white shorts. And they're like, where's, what's up with your outfit? And she's like, oh, the background singers wear the same thing, but I, the lead, have my own look. But it's her like, outfit sucks. Her outfit is less cute than what they have on. I know, like they, they look like they're wearing juicy hoodies. She looks like an art teacher. Like she's wearing like a tunic dress I know, and like but a chunky necklace. A tunic dress and a chunky necklace was kind of the rage I at this time. Then. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was a bad time for fashion and it will come back. You're right. And we have to prepare ourselves to wear a tunic dress in about three years. Oh my God. So now it is time for Caitlin to have um, her strange moment where she does some little hand <laughs> motions and then plays like a little run on the keyboard that's like, Dang! and everyone's, everyone's like, she's <gasps> really good. Like, she's good at what? I know. This isn't a song. This is like when you play, like, you have a keyboard and they have those automatic songs that play on their own. Yes. It's that. Yeah, it sounds like that. And I'm like, if Caitlyn's whole thing is being a producer, like I didn't need to see her perform if this no. is all they were going to do. Like so weird. It's so weird. It's really funny though. But then everyone does love it. And so per usual, when someone's getting attention for being talented, Tess creates a diversion. Yes. <laughs> so she's insane. She's insane. This is really like concerning. She's going to like murder someone someday. She's not going to murder someone. Oh, okay. But she's going to, like, do something so shitty. Like, she's going to do her cow. She's going to, like, sleep with her best friend's man for nine months. And be like, oh, sorry, I didn't think this through. She was, like, a vacant stare. She just, yeah, she needs a lot of therapy, and I hope she gets it. Yeah, no one is impressed by Tess's snake. uh, Claims she saw snakes. She knows she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so Caitlin, like, really, like, lets her have it. She's like, you just can't stand when anyone is, like, getting attention for doing something that people like. Um, and then Tess, very juvenile, responds by doing this is another iconic camp rock moment. Yes. The hand motion for whatever Ever major, major loser. loser. Top 10 it. bestie comp moment. <laughs> yeah. And this is where Mitchie gets a little bit radicalized and begins her emancipation. And she <laughs> says, Wow, Tess, whatever major loser. That's so last year. I mean, everyone knows that. I guess, I guess not everyone. everyone. And that's ballsy to say to Queen B. Very, especially in front of everyone. In front of everyone. It's borderline like, I mean, Tess had it coming, but it is like pretty savage. I know. Tess could be like, you're out of the group. Yeah. But 
she's like okay respect she kind of just walks away i know but this is like uh, this is the first like she's building a hatred for mitchy slowly but surely especially because she's seen that she's really yeah. good she says why can't you have a lobotomy like my other two girls <laughs> <laughs> and now we cut to caitlin and mitchy in the kitchen on kitchen duty blowing up balloons for this like event loved this scene when i was a kid Aww. loved connie showing her little record cookies and her music note cupcakes yeah loved them playing with the balloons <laughs> but there's this part when yeah she's like asking their opinion and caitlin's like they're great connie and i'm like i don't like like caitlin's like why like she has this really crazy like air of superiority she does and i'm just like okay if tess wasn't loved enough as a kid i'm like i think caitlin was loved too much the fact that like an adult is doing something and you're like yeah it's great i'm like who who are you to laugh at this woman like i know it's not supposed to be rude but it like kind of is in a small way caitlin is one of those girls that like you never feel fully comfortable farting in front of her (laughs) (laughs) like some people you just can't fully be yourself in front of and like she's one of those yeah because sometimes be like that stinks and so do you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so basically during the scene um Caitlin and Mitchie are blowing up balloons together and they start to like kind of like mend their friendship because like Mitchie's like talking to her about final jam and then Caitlin's like this is so weird that we're talking and then like they start like popping balloons together and giggling and then they get into this like kind of more emotional moment because Mm -hmm. Caitlin is like I get that it's like fun to be friends with Tess and Mitchie's like how would you know and Caitlin's like I used to be good friends with Tess believe it or not and I'm like I can believe it because I know how this plot device works in movies. I've seen Mean Girls. I've seen Alley Cat Strike. I've seen Alley Cat Strike. Um, So I know the vibes. Yeah. Um, And then she's like, I, Tess like saw me as competition and like she doesn't like to be around other sparkly people pretty Mm -hmm. much. And then she's like, I get it's fun to be popular, but so what? And then I love when Mitchie says, being popular is so not a so what. I, I love that part. That's real. It's true. And now we see that Joe is kind of like a Cinderella moment of like the lost slipper. He's on a mission to find the girl with the voice. And then we see like words spreading around camp. There's like a whisper train. You know, Shane's on the lookout for this girl with this voice. And there's this amazing moment where Lola Scott <laughs> walks by his cabin, staring in the window, singing Start the Party like, ominously staring at him it's kind of like a horror movie because everyone wants to be the girl with be the, the girl and you know girls are popping out of everywhere they're sending shane videos they're coming and meeting him at the dock to yeah. sing for him but you know what babe you brought this on yourself because you're a pop star and you said yeah. i want to i want everyone to audition for me yeah so yeah, like seriously. shane what were you expecting and now we do hear shane playing Play My Music by The Lake, which is one of my favorite songs. Love this song. For those of you who follow us on Instagram, you'll know, well, you won't know, but in our introductory post where we had to say our favorite like Disney adjacent song, Play My Music was my pick. I love Play My Music. It's still a song I play unironically. I love it. It's so good. You know what I love? Don't need that fancy car. I don't need to go that far. Because what's driving me is following my dreams. Stop. Stop. I love that song and it's so good. And that's an everyday song it is. that you just play when you're driving in the car with your girls. And now Mitchie finds him and they go for a romantic canoe ride together on the lake. A state of romance. This was everything to me to watch this cute moment. 
a life-changing moment for me was when I got to go on a paddleboard with my crush on a field trip in sixth grade. No, that is really life-changing, Sarah. It was so life-changing. It didn't work out for us, but I will we'll always have the You'll always moment. have the paddleboard. Yeah. Do you know what he's doing now? No. I, like, knew him in high school and, like, didn't like him anymore, but he was always very nice. Was like, he's still on that paddleboard today? <laughs> yeah, I left <laughs> him left there. You left him there. But, yeah, so it's really romantic. They're on a canoe together, and there's a cute moment where she's like, so have you found, like, the girl with the voice yet? And he's like, why are you jealous <gasps> so he's falling for her he's, fall- he's, he's totally falling for her yeah but then it's really sad because shane's like oh like i'm sure you know what it's like like with your mom and <gasps> hot tunes china like people must like suck up to you in a fake way and it's so sad and i think demi does a really good job with this acting of like her face falls no she feels so bad one person she doesn't want to lie to is shane because they're growing closer and she doesn't want to lie to him it really breaks her heart and and she's just like yeah and he's like yeah it's just so nice to like talk to someone who like gets it and like I th- it's so painful for her and like it's not cheesy how demi handles this it's very real yes and i think also like we as the audience yet that this boy would have liked her without her impressive mom but when he says to her like mm-hmm. it's nice talking to someone who gets it i think she's probably registering that as like he wouldn't like me if i didn't have this cool backstory yeah and now tess who between mitchy being talented calling her out for the whatever major loser thing and now flirting with shane she's done she's done and so she's she's thrilled when she spies caitlin and mitchie leaving the kitchen and she sees mitchie hug connie and say like i love you mom and so now it's time for beach jam which is like on that same stage as the campfire jam but it's like during the daytime and brown announces that he finally convinced connect three to perform so nick and kevin are here yes and they do debut play my music live and to be there at the world premiere of play my music at oh, rock i mean stop it's just to be there i would have done anything to be there um and so now we're headed uh, toward a truly devastating scene after play my music after the performance the crowd is mingling by the stage shane is like walking toward mitchy to say hello and tess in front of a huge crowd is like hey mitchy tell us about your mom again <gasps> she must want to shit her pants Mitchie can tell right away that like the vibe is off because yes. she's like oh um she's pretty cool and then uh caitlin jumps in to try and save her and she's like her mom is the best what's your mom like she's like one of the campers yeah. and he's like she's like a mom <laughs> it's like okay it's like okay that didn't work and then tess keeps pressing her and finally Mitchie caves and it's like she's not the president of hot tunes china she's a cook she's a cook where here here and also i didn't realize this when i was younger connie is there she hears this and she walks away like subtly during it (sighs) connie that is so sad i love connie i know um so it's so sad and tess is just really like so your mom cooks our food and you help her and that's the only way you could afford this camp isn't it and it's just like, Tess, that makes you look so bad, in yes. my opinion. Yep. And Shane has a really intense reaction to this. He does. <laughs> it's, like, very intense. He's also so mean because, again, he just makes it all about him. He's like, oh, bet you got an earful to, like, take to the press now, right? You were just doing this to get close to me. It's like, yeah, not why she was doing all this. Like, he makes it I all know. about him and it's, like, so betrayed. He's like, you want to be friends with Shane Gray, the pop star, not Shane Gray, the person. It's like, clearly this is more about her and, like, you're a nepo baby shane everyone here is super rich and like 
she it comes from a different world and she's trying to fit in like this is about her it's not about you and like yeah. have some goddamn perspective shane and Mitchie's crying and, and i love crying. demi's like acting in the scene like, oh she's so good you just feel for like the tears are legitimate and it's so sad they are um we see shane playing the song that he heard Mitchie singing that he doesn't know was Mitchie. um and you know like brown hears him and he's like oh you're still looking for that girl and he's like yes this song has just been so stuck in my head and tess is eavesdropping and she if you'll remember heard mitchie sing this song acapella in their cabin back at the beginning of camp and so she's like he's looking for mitchie <gasps> and so now she gets like an evil idea and we see her they kind of like fake us out a little bit because we see her with mitchie's songbook so at first you're kind of like oh is she gonna like try to like pass this off as hers but then it's so weird she like talks into her grammy's bracelet from her mom and she's like mitchie you are so never seeing final jam <gasps> so mitchie arrives to dan's class which shane is teaching and they're obviously on the outs right now and like Tess like calls her a joke and so Mitchie literally like goes and sits in the corner <laughs> of this dance class awkwardly and starts just like sobbing She alone. has been publicly shamed. Yeah. And then when Shane walks into the class, he like stares at her as he addresses the class. He's like, final jam's coming up and it's not about image. It's about being real or it doesn't matter. What's the point? You are. And he's like staring her down. She's crying. He in the is corner. twisting the knife. And he came in like kind of just to say this. Yeah. And it's like so intense and she's just like she is a cyber bullying ad waiting to happen this poor girl this poor she's girl been enough and now we see mitchie and connie walking together by the lake and it is so sad because her mom is totally pulling the like i didn't know you were so ashamed of yourself and where I you know. come from and it's heartbreaking i know but i love it here because i just really love how much she's like i'm not ashamed mom i just like i got here and i just wanted to be popular for once and yeah I'm like, yes i get it girl i've always wanted to be popular for once for, for, once. for just once and um you know connie is like being so iconic she's like Mitchie, it's not just because i'm your mom like you really are like more awesome than you know and like you're know. great as you are and like your music like speaks to people people like care what you have to say which i found like i kind of got a chill i was like i so know sweet. i want to hear what she has to say i know i do too Who will i be it's up to me now we see Mitchie sitting at you know in the mess hall at a meal time with caitlin oh, and yes. her crew because she's obviously on the outs with tess and Tess is being such a huge bitch. She comes up to Mitchie and she's like, the chicken was a little dry. Can you maybe tell your mom to be more careful? Yes. And then Mitchie has had enough. And she stands up to Tess and she says, Tess, stop talking to me like that. Stop talking to everyone like that. I may be the cook's daughter and my father may not be rich, but I'm a much better person than someone who feels good about herself because she makes everyone else feel bad. Mic drop. So good, Mitchie so good mitch and it falls on deaf ears she's just like if it wasn't obvious you're so out of the group yeah Ugh. but then i love when caitlin says then we'll make our own group but it's unclear to me though what this group is because like later when mitchy performs at you know spoiler alert the end of final jam it's like what exactly is caitlin's contribution she produced this live song. i guess after this little montage of people getting ready today is the day of the final jam yep and uh it's like earlier in the day and caitlin and mitchie are in the kitchen with connie doing their kitchen duty when tess walks in with brown and she's like i know they have it and we're like what have what have what what could they have 
And Tess is like, these girls stole my charm bracelet. Like, it was probably Mitchie. She's been lying about who she is all summer. And the girls were like, you've officially lost it. Like, we didn't steal anything. And then they see out of the corner of their eye, Tess's charm bracelet, like, hanging out of one of their, like, notebooks. It's like in Mitchie's books or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like in her songbook or something. And they're like, oh, and Brown sees it. And he's like, okay, girl, since it's the end of summer, I have no choice i have to expel you from final jam they can't participate in final jam which is like the whole point of camp rock and they're like okay tess is a psycho she definitely staged her charm bracelet and like and i hate it because they're both like adamantly like we didn't do this she's lying and brown says do you have any proof and i'm like since when is the burden of proof on the accused brown (gasps) i literally wrote in my notes all caps this is america you british twat two girls are saying she's just flat out lying yeah like you know tess's character it's like in a book like i know i know and now so like mitchie and caitlin are standing on the dock at sunset and it really is sad because Mitchie's like, this was supposed to be like a fun summer about music. And like all I did with it was get caught up in Tess's drama. And that like did make me sad. It's like, yes, you really got bamboozled by this mean blonde girl. And I loved when Caitlin said Tess will do that to you. And she said, no, I did that to me. Because yeah, ultimately you don't have to fall prey to mean girls. But no. like she's like, no, like I'm the one that like I could have performed alone. I could have said no to being in her group and I didn't because I wanted to be cool and fit in. Yeah. So they start talking about like, oh, I can't believe Brown. Like he was like, I've never seen him so mad. Like he just kept saying like, you're expelled until the end of final jam, like the end of final jam. And then Mitchie's like, wait a second. I see what he was doing. And she runs off excitedly. But now it is time for fi- the final jam. <laughs> it's time for the final jam. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I can't believe we're at the final jam. And backstage, we see Tess, Peggy, and Ella dressed in matching robes, practicing their choreo. And this is when Tess has a full-on meltdown. And I was actually cracking up at her line delivery because she's like, you messed up as always. You never get it right. (laughs) (laughs) She becomes like so crazy in this part. And she's like, I'm tired of picking up the slack. (laughs) It's like legitimately so funny and unhinged. Oh my god. It's so funny, but of course, like she she's gone too far this time. Yeah, the girls are like, whoa. Yeah, and Peggy's like, you're the one that's always killing the vibe, Tess. Like, you're mm-hmm. so aggressive. Like, I'm done. Yep. And then Ella, because she has one brain cell, yep. follows suit. Like, I'm done too. Disney but- loves to like have a character that's like, is she okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, is she okay? And now um it's kind of time for Final Jam to start. Brown announces that the members of connect three will be judging final jam stop yeah yes (laughs) and first up we have like a whole crew of people performing hasta la vista and this includes like sander and baron the two boys that we've been like and ella and ella learned in literally 30 seconds yeah and they're like jumping on trampolines many trampolines on stage fun i loved his number when i was little yeah it's it's like really fun and high energy so yeah that happens now it's time for tess and there's like mirrors all over the stage and this song is called two stars do you remember our eternal feud about the lyrics to this song nora thought the lyrics were if we remain a two some be brighter than one i thought which let's be clear are the lyrics i looked them up it's debatable if we believe that two stars are brighter than one the song is called two stars and Nora would always be like, no, it's if we remain a two-star. 
You know what? It has the same meaning, those two lyrics. Kind of reminds me of our other uh, Disney Channel feud based on um, a Wizards of Waverly Place episode. Oh, yeah. Well, oh. <laughs> so Bridget Mendler's character <laughs> that dates Justin is a vampire. And, there was and this... soon we all are vampires. <laughs> yeah, there's a, they would play this commercial all the time where Bridget Mendler's parents say, it's who we are. We're vampires. No. And Nora would always go, no. They say, it's who we are. We're vampires. And I was like, they don't do that. And she's like, no, they do. And I was like, they don't. I think that both of mine are right. No. <laughs> Confirmed no for this one. But so, yes, it Tess is performing and this is a sad moment where her mom tj tyler yeah a blonde woman comes in and she actually makes it in time to see the performance but yep. she's sat down for all of five seconds before a super loud cell phone ringtone goes off yeah and she takes the call in the middle of the performance and i'm like you're not the president i know you're a musician i think it could wait till the I end know. of the song it's so rude it's so rude, and Tess sees this, and she gets Throws all discombobulated. It's very strange. She kind of like falls a little, but a like little. doesn't actually. It's kind of it almost. It's like, like she, she could like, recover from this. Yeah, she almost like looks like she like goes toward her mother. It's like very strange, and it's, it is giving like mental breakdown. To it be really is. The audience like gasps. I know. And then her mom gives her this look like, what am I to do? I had a call. She said, "Honey, I have a call. I'm very important. Hollywood's calling, babe." Yeah. And then Tess is like mortified and she runs off crying. Yes. And she sits in the corner and it cries sobs. like a little kid. It's and it, so sad. It was effective because I was like, oh my God, this girl needs help. Right. It's like, she's not a Sharpay where you're like, oh, I kind of feel bad. It's like, you're like, I think she is unwell. I think she is unwell. And I think that she does need some help. Yeah. And now Brown announces that there's actually been a last minute addition to the program. Yep. Someone named, Ma- anyone ever heard of Margaret Dupree? who's margaret dupree and this is also what ella is thinking because she's backstage saying who's margaret and then we see peggy emerge with a guitar and she goes i'm margaret because peggy is famously a nickname for margaret famously which always blows my little mind (laughs) yeah this is an iconic camp rock moment which is peggy's big yeah move over here i am the woman that's singing this song because it's not her no sounds 44 (laughs) i did research on it i think my notes are yes okay so the woman who sang the song her name is renee sands she's from worcester massachusetts when this movie came out the actress who plays peggy was 18 Mm -hmm. the woman singing 34 why? why there's so many young girls who can sing yes get or someone even, that's 20 or even get a 34 year old if you must with a young tone like they oh, always cast, don't cast these no. women that like sound it's like that would not come out of an 18 year old in any world no and so like this moment is very 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 unsatisfying because we are supposed to be blown away listen does this singer have a good voice yeah for sure yeah the song though is kind of basic yeah Peggy, all she's doing is wearing a guitar slung very low. She can't play, so that part's not even cool. It's yeah, not like it's oh, a real shredding. So we're not like, oh. Yeah, and like I'm not like emotionally connected to this. And also like Peggy was just not a character that you really cared about, to be honest, because yeah. she didn't ever do anything besides hang out with Tess. And then while she's singing, we're seeing screenshots of like her being abused by Tess. <laughs> I know. And it's like we're supposed to like be seeing a hero's journey. Right. But the best part about it is like it's not even like moments of like Peggy like 
really like impactful moments it'll be like peggy like pursing her lips or peggy rolling her eyes yeah this isn't like it's like it's supposed to be like did you guys notice this throughout the film it's like not really (laughs) yeah it's like um yeah so i as a kid i was like huh huh yeah no, I, ju- I just wish like i like if peggy had been a bigger character like where like i don't know if we just cared more about her arc i feel yeah. like maybe this would have been a little more satisfying or, yeah i don't or, hate the song no it's just like not like it's just like all wrong or i would have loved if like they cast one as peggy who was like like i would have loved if they like did like a talent search and found like a young singer songwriter yes. and it was like a sleigh where it's like they're a really good instrumentalist and like they wrote this song and it's amazing and their their vocals are crazy and it's yep. like that kind of thing would have been i think pretty cool but it's just not satisfying and we're also, supposed to be like this is the serve of the century and it's just yeah like, and then it's like followed up by like the best mashup yeah maybe in all of history yeah yeah so it's just like kind of like okay okay peggy margaret okay dupree. peggy okay margaret dupree and peggy so that's really funny but the crowd loves it and then um tess like compliments her and it's like you're so good it's like blah, blah, blah. um but now brown like, margaret no yeah. peggy you were really good and when someone's really good someone should tell them that's it's so like, scary and then peggy's just like thanks <laughs> yeah. i was like yeah no no problem this is happening um and now brown is announcing that it's officially the end of final jam so now it's time for the judges to go judge and now caitlin and mitchie find him backstage and they're like hey you said end of final jam and in classic brown fashion he's like i was hoping you'd catch on to that like, he's so annoying it's Brilliant. like you were hoping these 14 year olds caught on to your weird like fucked up little master plan because you hate punishing and being an adult yeah and like he could have so easily just been like sorry tess it's your word against theirs i'm not getting involved with yeah this. like that would have been the adult thing to do i know um but anyway so mitchie does go on stage to have her big moment and she starts singing the song this is me that oh. shane heard and how good does she sound? Oh, she sounds fabulous. And at first, she's, like, got her back turned to the crowd, like, being shy. Yes. And then she turns around f- on full-on knee acts. This is where we get all knees with yeah. this girly. But she is absolutely killing it. She sounds so good. This song is so good. So, so good. And we see Shane turn around in slow motion. <laughs> and he's like, that's the song. So that must be the girl. And then this is truly so special because he grabs a mic and he starts singing his song about finding this song, aka "Gotta Find You." And guess You're what? The they sing together. I need like a glove, y'all. It it's like a mashup of all mashups. It's so beautiful and stunning, and I was all, almost brought to literal tears watching those two sing their hearts out to each other. Yeah, and it was just truly special. I was dead. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was I so happy. I gotta find you. I gotta find you. I, yeah, and then like Demi starts singing that part too. Like when Demi does, like I gotta find out. I'm like uh, Demi, why are you so talented? Demi, you Answer are the best yourself. singer of all time. Demi, Lovato. Demi, I can't with you. Yeah, and and to think that this was like because you know this was sort of an era where a lot of our pop stars like from disney like weren't this good a vocalist like well honestly like no no it's like kind of rare to have like this level of a vocalist especially someone that comes from disney yeah and so like this really was like so mind-blowing and like it was so cool too because like i feel like anytime disney introduces like a new girly Mm -hmm. there's like a healthy amount of like skepticism of like who's this new girl i just got used to miley and like demi just with this movie it's just like 
you were all fucking in when you saw what this yeah. person can do. Yeah. Like, there's no damn. doubt that she's talented and she can sing. There's no debate. So, yeah, this is obviously the best thing that's ever happened. Um, but they weren't technically part of Final Jam, so they're not eligible. So, Brown announces the winner, and it is, in fact, Margaret Dupree, a.k.a. Peggy. Margaret Dupree! <laughs> yeah, so Peggy wins, and now that means Peggy gets to record a song with Shane Gray. Tess comes up to Mitchie and Caitlin, and she's like, I told Brown, again, like, she seems like she's fully out of it. Like, I, I told Brown that you guys didn't steal my bracelet. Yeah, she's like, and you were so good. It's like, it almost seems like <laughs> she needs a warm blanket. Yeah. She needs a weighted blanket on her stat. Absolutely. And this isn't what's happening, obviously, but she's kind of giving kid whose mom just like screamed at her like, you need to apologize to these girls. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I was really wrong. Like, that's kind of what she's giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, whoa, gun to her head. Mitchie has a sweet moment with her mom where she's like, her mom's like, I'm sorry you didn't win, sweetie. She's like, no, mom, I won the best summer of my life and it's thanks to you, which is like nice. That's wrapped up that like she tells her mom like, yeah. I only am here because of you and like thank you so much it's really sweet that is really sweet and then Shane comes to find her and he says my search is over and I love this part she's like well it depends on who you're looking for hi I'm Mitchie so like Mm. fresh start vibes fresh start sorry I lied vibes um and now so Brown or someone announces maybe it's Adila Duke announces that it's time for the final jam session of the summer which is basically just they all perform we rock with like intense choreography I was really laughing at this choreography, but it's honestly like, very iconic. Like, yeah, I'm almost similar to like we're all in this together. Like they do like the like the, like knee pump, and it's so <laughs> iconic and funny. Yeah, it's so odd, but it's good. And that's Camp Rock. <sighs> Stunning, beautiful, gorgeous, so good. Um, okay, a few fun facts. Um, this movie was filmed in Ontario at a couple different summer camps. Um, there is an extended ending that plays not on this version, but like oh, I think it's like a DVD extended scene. It takes place three months later, and it's just Caitlin invites Mitchie, Tess, Peggy, and Ella, and Lola to um, a recording studio that she built in her garage, and they record a song together called Our Time Is Here, and it is on the soundtrack. Fun fact, Kevin Jonas once received 43 birdhouses in one day from Camp Rock fans. Whoa. Yeah. Um, There was definitely a lot of Camp Rock merch sold after this, including singing Shane, Mitchie, and Tess dolls. And if you, like, press the Shane and Mitchie ones at the same time, they, like, do the duet and harmonize and stuff. I remember those dolls. I do, too, actually. I remember seeing them. They were in, like, Target. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They released um, Camp Rock, the junior novel, which was, like, the book version of this. Wow. Um, this I found this on IMDb trivia, but I couldn't verify it anywhere. But like, I do believe it. Apparently, Megan Martin, who plays Tess, dislocated her shoulder while filming uh, "Too Cool for You" at the campfire jam scene, <gasps> which I do believe because you know how she does that really she intense shoulder bob. And I, I feel like she doesn't need to make it as intense as she does. No. So I hope I don't know. That could be true. To be honest, um, girl, chill, girl. <laughs> Um, this is the first Disney Channel original movie that was, like, also debuted on, like, ABC Family. Oh, so that's really? interesting. Yeah, like, also played there. Weird. And then, according to IMDb, this film was sponsored in part by Aeropostel. Oh, <laughs> How amazing is that? Um, earlier this year, when the Jonas Brothers all were on Watch What Happens Live together, they did all agree... High School Musical yes. better than Camp Rock. Yeah. And it, it is, High School Musical is a little bit better. Yeah, I think so. But Camp Rock's good. It really yeah. does, you know, it 
It pushes the envelope. It does. So, yeah, Demi and Joe did date for a little while after filming Camp Rock 2, and their first ever kiss was on camera in that movie. I know. Um, yeah, and, like, they're still friends. They've both spoken so highly of each other. Um, in 2016, Joe told E! News of Demi, I don't think of her as an ex. We're really good friends. We've gone through so much together, and we're really close now. Yeah, that's so cute. I feel like, because they didn't date for that long. Demi in this one video laughed and said it was like a month. It's not a Vanessa Zaksich. No. Um, okay, fun fact. Taylor Lautner auditioned for Shane. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't picture that. Yeah. Um, in 2021, the director of this movie, Matthew Diamond, told Insider that Joe and Demi were comfortable together like right away. Like he said like, oh, we like scheduled some dinners to like make sure they like bonded before filming. And he was like, it like wasn't needed. Like they clicked. Oh. They were really normal around each other. And I think it really shows. It does. They seem really like comfortable and cute around each other. The Jonas Brothers did a TikTok in 2020 parodying the scene from this movie where they're in their limo and you know like doing the whole like i don't want to spend my summer at some camp and they wore like wigs to make fun of their hairstyles and jack mcbrayer who plays kenneth and 30 rock just like is their driver casually in that tiktok <laughs> well, i see there funny i don't know it's so great <laughs> the joe bros love to like do a silly little tiktok together i know and like they love to wear a wig and they love to just like be being so silly they are such silly boys they um, are one thing I just wanted to say in terms of like the reviews this movie got, it was kind of hard for this film to get out from under High School Musical's shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, Jennifer Frey of the Washington Post said at the time that it was in the same easy to memorize dance inspiring mode, but not as catchy. Um, yeah, that's kind of just like what a lot of the reviews were saying was like it tried to be High School Musical but failed, which I don't I agree with personally. Fails. I think it's its own thing. I do too. And I actually don't think that the songs from especially the first movie are that much better or catchier than this one. Yeah. High School Musical just has a heart yeah. that can't be replicated. And so much of it is because of Zac Efron. Yes. And it's just like there's something about High School Musical that's... V- I think nearly impossible to replicate. Mm-hmm. I think this movie is really good and it stands on its own. Yeah. But comparing it to that, I think anything falls a little short. Yeah. So uh, this movie was written by Karen Gist, Regina Hicks, and Julie Brown. Um, Karen and Regina also wrote Jump In together. Oh, I love. Um, and Julie Brown's other credits include being a writer on the TV show Clueless. Um, um, I think mm-hmm. this movie is well written, to be honest. It is. Yeah. Um, this movie was directed by Matthew Diamond. He's mostly done like lots of like TV show directing. Um, I thought he did a very good job as well. Yep. And the music is by DCOM legend David Kate. David Kate, <laughs> where are you at? David Kate is so famous here. You're so talented, David. David, you are so talented. Um, so I'm not gonna do like a full breakdown of like the songwriters like I did for High School Musical, but I do mm-hmm. want to briefly touch on the fact couple things so cara diaguardi american (gasps) idol judge stop she wrote some songs for this so she was a writer on we rock and play my music because of course she was of course she she was was an inspiring woman in music she really is what was that Catherine mcphee song that we love by cara oh was it um terrified i love that song um and then a lot of the other songwriters were names very familiar because of the hsm movie so like just a couple quick things like Songwriting duo Matthew Gerard and Robbie Neville, known for tracks including oh, Start yes, of Something Neville. New, wrote um, Who Will I Be and Start the Party. Um, 
the guys who wrote what i've been looking for adam watts and andy dodd they wrote uh gotta find you and this is me and then jamie houston who wrote breaking free wrote um here i am so okay the love crossover i know so there's like a lot of songwriters involved in this film of course but those were the ones that kind of like jumped out to me um shall we talk about this cast a little bit yes so to be honest, Demi freaking Lovato, we talked about them a lot in our Princess Protection yeah. program episode. So I recommend going to listen to that. But like, just no one uh, know the name, know the name, like Demi, know the name. I'm in awe of you after this film. So to briefly talk about the Joe Bros as a unit, um, you know their albums they released after this a little bit longer, Lines, Vines, and Trying Times. They had their show Jonas on the Disney Channel yeah. from 2009 to 2010. Jonas was tough. Yeah, wasn't I, their best i tried to watch it it was so bad it's really bad yeah. and they they know they do know. and they know when they regret but at least it gave us <laughs> sheena shea as the pizza girl it gave us sheena shea as the pizza girl yeah. which for that we're endlessly grateful yeah honestly and when it came to the purity rings thing so i did a little bit of research on this and um basically like well they grew up christian their dad That's was like a, a pastor, pastor yeah and like they they all have said that they started wearing these rings like when they were really young like 12 and it was kind of like a lot of their like christian friends where it wasn't right. like a big statement no no and they said they never wanted to discuss it publicly but some journalist like got wind of it and was like if you don't like talk about it i'm gonna say it's like a culty thing that's what, what? they said yeah and they were like okay fine i guess we'll like talk about it then um and so basically like they, they've all talked about how they felt like it was like very inappropriate that they were essentially being asked as minors about their sex lives yeah, which yeah. was a very big thing in the early 2000s with <laughs> huge young pop stars yeah but yeah like during a 2019 appearance on carpool karaoke joe said the next thing you know it was the jonas brothers and their purity rings we decided at one point look this is not who we are we don't need to be wearing this anymore this is annoying people are making fun of it anyway we can make fun of it ourselves great response yeah I know, and then it's this tough thing of, like, when they take it off, it opens up to all these jokes, like, oh, they've had sex, and it's, like, just none of your business, and, like, let them live, and it's, like, they were, like, their family was Christian, so they were Christian. Exactly. Yeah, like, not that serious. Obviously, the Jonas Brothers tragically and famously broke up in 2013. It was really kind of Nick's decision. I know, Nick, it was all you. I know. <laughs> and I, this was pretty crazy. So this is a quote from Joe Jonas's Reddit AMA in 2016 <gasps> from like kind of like the fallout. He says, I was seeing a therapist and wasn't on speaking terms with my brothers. <gasps> when it happened, we were focusing on going another on another tour and we had plans to hit the road and do what we had been doing for a while. Nick brought it to the table that he wanted to focus on different things like acting and doing music on his own. At first, it was really shocking to me because it was kind of all I had known was the Jonas Brothers forever. So I was pretty mad and confused because I was like, I've been putting so much time and effort into this for so long. And now I just have to step back and figure out what's next. That's really stressful to yeah. leave, like, to just, like, do that your whole life and then be like, now it's done. Yeah. Now I have to change paths. It's a lot. No, absolutely. But you all know this story has a happy ending the Jonas Brothers made one of the most iconic comebacks ever in 2019. I know. I never thought I would live to see the day that the Joe Bros were back together. Such a blessing. And they've put out two albums uh, in their new era. And I'm just so happy that they're back and better I than know, ever. And they're touring. And they have their documentary. Um, 
chasing happiness. Yeah, I haven't seen those either. So a little bit about Joe Jonas, our romantic lead on his own. Well, cake by the ocean. Exactly. Cake by the ocean is like, st- I fuck with that song so much to yeah, this day. Yeah, it's good. I don't care. They sing that song on tour sometimes as the Joe oh, Bros. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, I love that. Um, I Okay, sorry if you knew this. I didn't know that Joe dated Ali Mashaka. Oh, I did. Okay. But like briefly, right? 2005 to 2006. It was, I guess, like nearly a year. Oh, he is such a type. Yeah. Like tall blondes. Tall blondes. You're right. That's like his yeah. type to a T. There's an Ali and AJ song that's confirmed about him. Like they confirmed it themselves via Twitter. Flattery? I actually don't know. <gasps> oh my God, I'm going to listen later. Yeah. He obviously dated Taylor Swift in 2008 and broke her little heart, inspiring some of her. He broke up with her on the phone. Songs. Yeah, we all know. And did you hear that last kiss? Like, the intro is the exact amount of seconds as their breakup call. I heard that. Iconic. Her mind. Her mind. Mastermind. And Mastermind. He's now, um, well, he obviously dated Camilla Bell better than Revenge. Famously. And she's in the Love Bug music video. Love. What's your favorite Joe Bro song? Honestly, Love Bug potentially is my yeah, favorite. I that love that That one's kind of the best. Yeah. There's so many, but like, yeah. Um, and he's now married to Sophie Turner, a.k.a. Sansa from Game of Thrones. And they have two daughters. They're so cute. Willa and one whose name has not been revealed. <laughs> That's what all the celebs are doing What now. is her name? You tell the kids name I have to know. <laughs> Joe, tell us her name. Press release? Come on now. Um, and also, I, I told Nora this off air the other day, but I recently learned that Vanessa Hudgens met her fiance on a Zoom oh. meditation that was organized by Joe Jonas. That is so fun. And I love that detail. Nick Jonas, he has like four solo albums, including his self-titled 2014 record, which features Jealous. When I saw the 1989 tour, Nick Jonas was our surprise guest and he performed Jealous. Oh my God! You saw live. You're so sexy, beautiful. beautiful. Yes, Everybody I wants to taste that. Wow! Better believe it. Um, Nick has done like a ton of Broadway stuff, especially when he was younger. He, you know, did. He was Marius in the 25th annual Les Misérables concert. He was in um, How to Succeed in Business. Yeah, he was. He has been a coach on The Voice. He dated both Miley and Selena. Seven drama. Things I hate about you, anybody? Famous drama. I've heard that. You know that music video that's like where they sing about environmental change you mean like yeah i think yeah i've i've heard that that was a really tense day because it was like in the midst of like the selena miley nick love triangle oh gosh that's so painful yeah because okay miley told 17 magazine in 2008 that she quote bawled for a month straight after their breakup i didn't know it was that serious you didn't know it was that serious? Have you heard seven things? Yeah, you're right, you're right. I didn't know if that was like... Be real, Sarah. The producers like playing it up because they knew it would sell. No, because in their documentary, they're talking about Miley and they're like, when he met Miley, like that boy's head exploded. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, I think they were in love. I think that him and Selena, though, are actually a good match. I think so, too. Because they're both like serious yes, and like, like kind sensitive. of too sweet for the world yeah. and like cute and just like kind of normal. Like. Yeah. If he ever leaves Pre, which he will never leave Pre, but if he does, I think he should reconsider Celine. But him and Celine, apparently, it wasn't very serious. Like, Selena has described it as, quote, puppy love. Puppy love's real, though. Yeah. He's obviously married to Priyanka Chopra, and they have a daughter named Malty. Um, Kevin Jonas obviously had his reality show Married to Jonas with Danielle. Um, He did some, like, businessy things during the Joe Bros hiatus. Like, he randomly founded a real estate development company. Maybe that was on Married to Jonas, but I never Hmm. watched. And they have two daughters, Alina and Valentina. Okay, Megan Martin, also known as Megan Jet Martin as Tess. 
she is Bianca in the 10 Things I Hate About You show. Yes. With Moe's from Ned's Declassified. I know her mostly from Mean Girls too. Yes. A with, terrible movie. So bad. And you know who else is in that? Do you remember the girl who's in Corey in the House that plays like, her name's like Mina. And oh, yeah. Show? She's in that movie. Yes, too. she is. And you know that um, famous clip from Twitter that's like, um, Senorita Awesome. Yeah, the guy that like is the barista in that scene is like her love interest in Mean oh Girls too. Oh my god, he's like, you're like no one else. Also, Megan is in the iconic Zach and Cody episode with the sleepover where they like rent out London's like oh, suite yes. to these girls, and she's like Cody's crush in that yeah in that episode. Love. So something fun about her. So she is like really killing it in like the, the like British theater scene, like the oh. London theater scene, like tons of like really good reviews about her acting in these like london plays oh my god love um and she's married to a british actor um but she did spill some pretty thunder i hope you can't hear that guys but maybe it'll just be like atmospheric it is summer yeah, it's spooky. After yeah. All. okay sorry wrapping a thunderstorm yeah but so she posted in august 2022 a picture of her falling asleep on the set of camp rock 2 with the girl who plays ella like pointing at her mm -hmm. and she wrote about how like so I'll, I'll read some of the caption. It's long, but she said, I had a really difficult time filming Camp Rock 2. Not only was Tess butchered after giving her such a lovely character arc in the first movie, but I also had mononucleosis. I was 17, working mostly outdoor night shoots during a very cold Canadian autumn, and I was so, so sick and being berated, bullied, and manipulated by men at least twice my age. Oh my and her and Allison Stoner, like, around this time did, um, like, a joint interview for The Independent, just, like, talking about, like child stardom and how they felt like it was not a good well, situation i know allison has been very open about that of like talking about being a child star and like how it can be really harmful yeah that's wild oh that's awful it really is and like it was interesting to see like megan really talked about like oh like i feel like in the uk like artists are so much more respected yeah and it was really interesting um, kind of seeing her perspective. And she also said this was interesting. She said about the first movie, we were so young, we were all quite innocent. We'd have dance parties in hotel rooms versus the second movie. She said there was more money, more pressure, a new director, and it was not as positive an experience. So Allison Stoner as Caitlin, um, I, like, you know, we talked about a lot of their credits at the beginning with like zach and cody and mike's super short show um they're also the voice of isabella and phineas and ferb yes um allison you know has come out as like non-binary and pansexual and been very open about their experience with um conversion therapy and oh, that being really toxic and awful obviously that's awful um maria canals barrera is obviously connie torres mitchie's mom we talked about her biggest credits as well um she's also in the like proud family reboot reprising her role so that's cool um daniel fathers is that right is brown yeah i think that's right um yeah, he yeah. is still acting mostly like guest star stuff he was in like this show with rupert grant called snatch he's british obviously um jasmine richards is peggy do you remember what else she's from that's disney related is she canadian mm -hmm. so is it um holly jane's show yes what's that show called again naturally sadie naturally sadie <laughs> yes that's what she's not yeah i used to watch it It was like so weird like, i know boring. but i kind of liked it but like i did too oh, so who's canadian. her love interest in that like i don't i remember that being like an interesting dynamic but it was so canadian it um, was so canadian she hasn't acted since 2013 her instagram describes her as a content creator and she has a cute little son 
Anna Maria Perez de Taglia, which don't you remember Disney like hitting us over the head with that name? A little bit, yeah. Like, and starring Anna Maria Perez de Taglia. Yes, actually, yes. So she's Ella. She's also um, like Ashley of the Hannah Montana, Amber yep. and Ashley. Yep, famously. It's, um, this is random. When she got married in 2019, Uzo Aduba, like from Orange is the New Black, was uh-huh. her maid of honor. So that's like Oh, chic. And I think she's in the Hannah Montana movie. Oh, is she? Okay. Yeah. Um, you might just have to hear thunder. It's fine. Um, she's not really acting that much these days. She has a really cute daughter named Amelia. Erin Doyle is Lola Scott. Hasn't acted since 2011. And then really quick, I'm not going to talk about like anyone else besides this, but um, Sander, one of the like boys that you see throughout, is Roshan Fagan, who was in Shake It Up. Oh, yeah. He's Thai. And that's another name that I feel like Disney Channel was always just like, and Roshan Fagan. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I have these names like in my head permanently. It is time for us to rate the love interest. So our scale is one, we support this union. Two, we have some notes. Three, Lizzie, who are you going to believe? This boy who you are knowing your whole life or this boy who you were just meeting who says you shine like the light from the sun? Elizabeth McGuire quote the Palo Effect. And four, get this person to a therapist stat. So what are you giving Shane and Mitchie? I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I am. I want to just support it. I think I'm giving them we have some notes just because Shane has so much growth in this movie that I want to make sure it's like real. Like he started out so immature and selfish and I'm happy that he had growth, but I want to make sure he actually understands like his privilege and his entitlement and like yeah i just i just want to make sure this growth is for real but i do have faith that they're going to work it out i also gave it we have some notes for very similar reasons i think that shane like is in an interesting time in his life and she is more a girl in high school and i think the problems that he's having right now of like my label is forcing me to do this stuff like i don't feel fulfilled creatively like that's gonna be like a lot for her a 16 year old girl in high school to relate to and i just think like they're not on the same page right now i think they could get closer as they get older but just right now i'm like their lives are so different from each other that i don't see it working at this point they have a tough road ahead let's be honest they do they really do but i like them together i just like they're really from two different worlds like he's a pop star and she's in high school favorite quote Okay, so I literally just went with a whole verse from Play My Music. Got my six string on my back. Don't need anything but that. Everything I want is here with me. In parentheses, here with me. (laughs) So forget that fancy car. I don't need to go that far. What's driving me is following my dreams. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I had to do it because I just had to do it. What was your favorite quote? I went with... I may be the cook's daughter and my father may not be rich, but I'm a much better person than someone who feels good about herself because she makes everyone else feel bad. And I'll take that any day. Yes. Yes. I so support that. And honestly, I'm going to give my honorable mention. That's rich, but apparently you're not. No, honorable <laughs> mention to that's rich, but apparently you're not. Okay. So if Camp Rock were a Zodiac sign, I'm going with Libra because to me, hmm. the central part of this film is Mitchie's desperate need to be liked and accepted to Mm -hmm. her own detriment libras like want to be popular and they want the cool people to like them but they also care a lot about like balance and harmony and justice so i think like yeah mitchie really does 
have principles like you can tell the way she stands up to shane and eventually to Tess. she's like no 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 it doesn't matter who you are you treat people with respect yeah but she has the 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 dual libra thing where she really believes that and she is willing to stand up for what's right but she also is like oh, but what are the cool people doing i can be cool yeah i can bend myself to be cool right okay what is your best song from camp rock okay so i thought going into this that i was gonna pick play my music mm-hmm. but i actually picked this is me gotta find you mashup because that song really moved me so much and i loved watching i loved watching them sing together those songs the way they blend perfectly together so i had to go with that nora i did the exact same thing <gasps> you did and it's huge for me because like i said you play my music song. is one like literally one of my favorite songs i'm such a loser <laughs> but um no i i agree it was it is the movie too it's like yeah. the story of the movie in one song and to be honest I forgot it happened like that. So when Shane came in with the God, I was like, oh, I was like <laughs> yelling. So yeah, no, it yeah, has to be that. There's no other that. answer. Worst song? I picked Start the Party. Okay. It just means nothing to me. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. It's kind of boring to me. Like the other songs, most of them carry like some emotional impact. And this one is just, to me, really forgettable. I agree. I was kind of shady and I went with Here I Am by Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> no, so be mean. shady. Okay, so my favorite performer was Mitchie. I mean, Duh. how could it not be Mitchie? She is the film. She carries us. She's she's the emotional arc. She's the heart. And she's also, like, so talented. Um, so, yeah, I had to go with Mitchie. I wrote honorable mention Connie. Yeah, Connie's great, Because Connie's iconic, but really, it was Mitchie. Yeah, I mean, Demi acting, singing. Mm-hmm cute likable talented star 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 yes thank you demi thank you demi um okay so what's your rose from camp rock okay so my rose was having like really like dynamic flawed characters Mm. like i just liked the way the characters were written in this film i really liked demi's character like i just she might be one of my favorite or at least at least in my top three disney protagonists straight up i just like love her like i love that she fucked up in this way but that she is a good person and so yeah i just my rose was really just like how well written a lot of the characters were because i even think like caitlin is well written and i think tess is well written in this movie too and so is shane so like those four i was like these are fleshed out well-written characters totally agree nora and mine is like similar my rose like yeah just like basically is mitchy slash demi Mm -hmm. it's just like I think Mitchie was perfectly cast. I think, yeah, everything you said, like, so relatable. I also think, like, the whole thing of, like, desire to be popular and losing yourself, like, it doesn't always work in media. It can feel very, like, cheesy and ring kind of hollow. And this movie just, like, hits the nail on the head with it. And, like, it was reminding me of, like, mean girls and how, like, much you feel the struggle of, like, losing yourself and wanting to be cool. It's obviously so different in tone. But, like, like... I feel like it really is like Mean Girls this and like Lizzie McGuire. Like that's yeah. the only time I care so much about like someone's desire to be cool. Yes. Um, I know. So yeah, my my Rose is really just like the character of Mitchie and how well Demi did with it. Yeah. Um, Thorn. My Thorn was all the stuff with Connect Three. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't I hated like I know there are a few scenes, but I hated all of them. Like I hated the birdhouse stuff. I just hated like I love you, Nick and Kevin. It's not even like about you guys. Like I did hate every time you were on screen. <laughs> no, yeah, just because like I hated like all the weird jokes and like the label wants this. Like I just every time that came on, I was like checking out. You know what's so funny? It's so bad that I'm like, I don't believe they're a band and they're literally a band. I know. I was like, what the fuck are these people up to? Oh my god. Yeah, that's a good thorn. My thorn, 
is honestly the the Ella character, and it's mm. not even any shade to the actress Anna Maria Perez de Taglia. It is shade Fair. to the the writing of this character. Yeah, it's, it's just I hated all her stupid jokes about being so dumb. They yeah. took me out at the moment. I completely agree. Yeah, and that brings us to our overall rating for Camp Rock. <gasps> Who goes first? I don't know. What if we said it at the same time? Okay, ready. One, One two, two, three. A minus. <laughs> Oh my god! Yes, we're on the same page. Okay, so why did you give it an A Well, I just think this movie is like so like it's really iconic. Like I just yeah. don't think we can go lower than an A minus. Yeah, because of not only its impact, but like to me, this is one of the most. Um, yeah, I agree with you that she's one of my favorite protagonists, Mitchie. Yeah. Um, I love the soundtrack. There's just a lot of talent on display. Like you said, really fleshed out characters. I think the plot is like interesting like i don't know i just really love this movie start to finish like can it be cheesy can it be weird are there problems yes yes yes. yeah but like is it fabulous is it standing the test of time yes yeah i know and i you know i really like am so glad we have this podcast and i got to revisit Mm -hmm. camp rock because i really remembered it not being this good like i thought i was probably gonna give it like a b going Mm -hmm. into this and i was like Oh, it's very good. Yeah. I think the things that brought it down for me were like, yeah, the cheesy stuff with Connect 3, the cheesy stuff with Ella. And that I did think, you know, it was kind of impossible not to compare it to High School Musical. Yeah. And to me, like why I gave High School Musical 2 an A- minus versus giving the first one an A is like, there's a little bit of like a heart missing. Mm-hmm. And this movie, like there is a lot of heart, but like it falls flat with some of the other characters. Like the heart is really with Mitchie, whereas to me that's so special about High School Musical is like you're invested in everyone. But I do think it's like a very, very good film. The music is great. Demi is so good in this. That brings us to our drinking game rules. You guys know you have to watch Camp Rock. Yeah, summer, a summer Camp Rock rewatch. So drink every time Mitchie further elaborates on her lie. (gasps) Drink every time Mitchie and Shane flirt. Drink every time Shane Gray is entitled. Small sips potentially for that one. Yeah, this is another small sips. I wrote, drink every time someone sings. No, Nora, I'm trying to kill y'all. Okay, ha, 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 Small sips, guys. And just when a number begins, okay. have right, a drink. Right. Yeah, don't be keeping... And the acapella don't, don't moments. shotgun a beer every time the song. No, no, no. But I do have a finisher drink. Finisher drink during oh, Peggy's no. big final jam performance. Okay, I also have a finisher drink. You guys are going to get wasted during this. Finisher drink when Kate and says this is rich but apparently you're not because that that line drives me to drink that line drives me to drink um and that is camp rock guys just again like thank you for like bearing with us this was so fun yeah and next week of course we're gonna do camp rock too we have to and we have a special guest for that so we'll have another guest star on the pod very Um, excited very excited Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to what is, I'm pretty sure, going to be a very long episode. But yes. That's okay. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.